At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, look, we do this every single weekend. Hell, in my particular case, I do this just about every single day of my life. It is not the norm to come in and say today is unlike any other day in the history of sports, but that is the truth today. I'll explain that to you in just a moment. Mark Willard, Rich Ornberger, yeah. it's Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Rich, uh, I don't know about you and your sports life. I only know mine, and let me speak to it never before in the history of my life, especially on a Saturday, the weekends are for sports. Have I woken up and gone, all right, here we go. The centerpiece of the sporting world today is a 98-year-old nun. <laughs> but I, I can honestly say that has never happened to me before, but it, today's the day. Who um, knew? What is it, March 30th, uh, 2018? 31st, March 31st, right? Yeah. 2018, today is the day. Mark it down in your books. No, look, uh, I think this is a new experience for all of us. New experiences are good, typically, because change isn't always a bad thing. Uh, and in a year for the college basketball ranks, where the Federal Bureau of Investigations has been probably the hottest story up until now. 
Um, you you would you would argue that this is probably the best news possible for yep. the sport, for the league, uh, for for the March tournament. Like this, the fact that Sister Jean attracted standing room only at her presser leading up to the final four matchup between Loyola Chicago and Michigan, which will tip off today at three p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I I was I was floored by it, but not completely surprised. Uh, I was excited to hear the quotes, and we have some of those for you coming up soon. And uh, I I was laughing along with everybody else because, like, she realizes this is ridiculous and outlandish and fun and everything college sports should right. be. <laughs> Absolutely right, and that's one of the things I love about sports and about the stuff we talk about is it never ceases to give us something new or at least have the possibility of doing that now i will say this and we will hear from sister jean in just a second this doesn't matter to me in the grand scheme of things as you said we're two hours away from tip-off for this game yeah that means we're in the neighborhood of five hours away from tip-off for the other game. Now, depending on where you live in America, maybe depending on which game you want to see, who knows, maybe you're going to watch both. But it's a Saturday night across the land, and a lot of people go out. It's not considered the best TV night of the week. Right. But in general, in entertainment, whatever comes next is the headliner. I always tell Steve Hartman this on the weekend. We're the headliner. You come before us. <laughs> then it's us. Warm up that's the crowd, the, huh? That's right. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, I'm a little puzzled by this. And, and here's why. For instance, when I was a kid, and, and my dad is now retired, but uh, he was a high school teacher. He taught math uh, at, uh, at the high school level. And one thing that was interesting about that was my dad was always tapped in, even when he was 45, 55, 65, he was always tapped into what was cool. Why? Because his coworkers on a daily basis were 16 years old, yeah. 17 years old. Yeah, get, job you keeps get, you young. That's yeah. right. That's right. You weren't getting anything by him. He knew what was going on with social media, when it started, and beyond, because uh, that's who he was around every day. And that's where cool lies. Cool does not lie. I hate to tell you, although you're only in your early 30s. I am now on, I I am reaching the other side of cool. I'm a 43-year-old guy, and I've got three kids at home, and we're in that transitional phase of them knowing a little bit more about what's cool than me. So it absolutely raised my eyebrows this week when my 11-year-old son sat down next to me on the couch and for a moment, he's a big sports fan. Right. He, he thought about the Final Four. And he said, Dad, I cannot wait to see if Loyola of Chicago can do this. Yeah. yeah. Loyola of Chicago. And I went, okay, America, there you go. When you look at this Final Four, you got one game that's a one seed against a one seed. Big muscles, and they're about to battle. Blue bloods. Great. You think that's cool, CBS? I think the other game is way cooler. Way cooler. You know what's cool, Mark? Cool is being ahead of the curve. Cool is having everybody catch up, right? Cool is the next thing. It's not the thing. It's the next thing. 
the guys who are cool, I remember in high school when you were walking around and you had a, you had a Walkman a CD player that had the anti-skip. It gave you 30 seconds, right? You bang into it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. The CD won't skip. It has a memory, a short-term memory that's going to delay and play over that spot, and you're going to go on rocking your tunes. No, you know what was cool? The kid who brought in the first MP3 player where yeah. you were just like, Oh, my gosh. You know what was cool? When Apple completely sunk that market with the iPod. You know what was cool after that? When all of a sudden the phone became the MP3. It's always the next thing. It's not the thing. It's the next thing. So trust me when I tell you, college basketball, CBS, all of these network heads who are sweating the fact that there were a ton of underdogs upsetting these blue bloods. Here's the fact. That's the next thing. Yeah, You already yep. got recruits looking at the situation in college basketball and going, you know what, yeah, maybe the G League, maybe I'll play overseas. You're, you're looking at people, instead of the one and done, thinking, how about none and go? It's, well, just, you- uh, it's just a different world we're living in now. So, so hunker down because li- life's about to change for college basketball. That's absolutely right. I think mid-majors are about to become the norm. So what we're seeing today – is about to happen a lot. And in fact, if you've been paying close attention, it already has been. Um, Now, there are certain schools that are mid-majors that we don't consider mid-majors because we've seen them enough that we're like, oh, great basketball school. uh, school. Gonzaga, Butler. And those teams have been to Final Fours and even the final game in recent memory. But it wasn't that long ago that they weren't that. They were Loyola of Chicago. And then they did it a few times, and now we consider them to be right below the Dukes and the Kansases of the world. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is you're going to start seeing this a lot for very clear reasons, partially what you just said you're going to now have. We've got some major recruits that are thinking, how about the G League? I can get paid right away, um, and I can have a professional team start to mold my future as opposed to uh, some college coach. But add in the fact, and and this has been very clearly going on for a while, take a team that's got juniors and seniors on it, B-level talent, but it's B-level talent that's been together for three or four years, and put that against A-level talent that just met each other three months ago, and you've got a pretty even matchup. Mm -hmm. And let, let let me take that to the next step, and it's this. I will be very surprised. If this isn't a close game today, very surprised. Look, Michigan's you, a big time this, team, but this if you is look going to be a close game. This is going to be a close game. Michigan is really good, obviously, but Michigan played a mid major in round two, and that mid major had them dead to rights. And they came up with a miracle shot. Good for them. They're still here. I was at the game. They've then played against Texas A&M in round three, and Michigan played their best game of the year. They never missed. If no, they play like no, that. No. Yeah, if they play like that, maybe they'll win by 20. I, I watched but, them uh, in the the the, right. the the group of eight game, okay? So yes. they played against uh, Florida State, a nine seed, and they they actually they got undressed defensively by FSU. I, I mean, and don't get me wrong, it was a close game, and Florida State wasn't hitting shots, but they were getting closely guarded. They had to earn every basket. That was only a four-point uh, uh, d- disparity at the end of the game that they won by, so... When you think about the matchup, I and I want everybody to do this as a practice who is a sports fan. If you're listening right now, driving around on a holiday weekend, we thank you for that. Mark and Rich will be here every single Saturday, 1 to 5 p.m. So with that, though, 
I want people to I want people to really think about these four teams that are remaining and try to name a player. Try to name a player. Like, you just mm-hmm. can't do it. So I don't I'm, care that it's Loyola yeah. Chicago. And I hear a lot of hosts and a lot of talking heads in sports going, oh, well, I mean, try to name a guy from the the, the Ramblers or the Marauders or whatever the hell Loyola Chicago mm-hmm. is. It's uh, You know what? Try to name a, a Jayhawk for me. You know, do well, me a favor. I, I tell yeah. you what. Yeah, I tell you what. I know where I'm going to go as soon as this show's over. It'll be closing in on dinner time, and I'll probably stop by the grocery store. And when I do, if I'm, uh, you know, picking out uh, watermelon or, uh, you know, maybe uh, looking for some apples or oranges or a head of lettuce, if I look to the person next to me, if I look to the person next to me, well, look, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's summer. We might get some watermelon, but there's always got to be a salad. All right, so if I'm in the produce section and I'm and I'm checking out, uh, I'm there squeezing some grapefruits and whatnot. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because that's what I love to do. Go to the grocery store and squeeze the grapefruits. So if I'm in there doing that, and I look at the person next to me because it'll be a little bit after five o'clock Pacific time, which is going to be. Like, as that game is coming down the stretch. Right. If I looked at somebody and said, man, I cannot wait to get home and watch Jalen Brunson, that person is going to look at me and go, who? Exactly. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Exactly. You're 100% correct. And this is the college player of the year. College basketball, listen closely when I say this. When, When you talk NBA, you say, my goodness, did you see what Steph Curry did last night? You say... Harden is on an MVP tear right now. You say LeBron is playing like a man on fire with this new revitalized cast of characters around him. When you talk college hoops, you go, did you see Sister Jean's presser? Uh Uh-huh. See, that's a great point. You notice in the NBA we don't, and it depends on the guy, but we very rarely use um, both first and last name. Right. Okay, the guy in Cleveland, that's LeBron. Right. Uh, the guy in Oakland, that's Steph. His uh, his uh, uh, partner in crime, that's KD. Yep. And the guy down in Houston, that's Harden, or that's the Beard. We just call those <laughs> names. We don't have to say Jalen Brunson, and there's only one person in college basketball can do that, and it's Sister Jean. Did you know that there are actually two other names in her name? Dolores Schmidt, but nobody uses them because she has become a LeBron Beard (laughs) Steph-level celebrity this month. That's right. She's simply Sister Jean, and she's an hour and 45 minutes away from performing on your television sets around the nation. So we are counting down to that. I do think it should have been the second game. This is the headliner this first game. So uh, you can weigh in on that. 877-99 on Fox is the number. R.J. Bell is going to join us in about 15 to 20 minutes. And coming up next, it happened again for the second year in a row. And it shocks people, but there's a hidden message in there uh, that we need to share. That's coming up next. It's Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Glad you're with us. Thrilled you're with us here on a Saturday and a holiday weekend. And happy Easter to all. Hope you're getting some family time And if you're doing what Rich and I have both been doing, which is, shall we say, spending a lot of time on the freeway as of late. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This was was a bit of an almost didn't happen type of situation for me. 
Do you mind if I take a minute-long departure here? Uh, you you can take as many minutes as you want, Richard. Oh, man. So, okay. Look, I we I live in San Diego. The studio's in L.A. This is a 120-mile jaunt. And I take this trip every week, and I don't mind it. Honestly, you're driving some of the most beautiful coast in the country, potentially the world. And so I storm up the 5 to the 405. I land here usually an hour early. I get in my chair. We do this show. This time, uh, through a military camp, uh, people not from the West Coast uh, don't know. It's called Camp Pendleton. There's not a single exit. Okay, so for a stretch of about 30 miles, you are exitless, and you are at the mercy of whatever accidents are in front of you, construction, etc. So uh, there were three accidents and two lanes blocked off due to construction. I sat in the oh car for gosh. four hours. Fortunately, mm. Mark, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I had a, a, uh, what they call a venti-sized coffee. Uh, yes. on, on, on the oh, early, yeah. so, on the so early goings were, of the, so you were able to stay awake for the ride. Well, you know, and, and then also somewhere around Orange County, well, I had to fill that sucker right back up. I, uh, well, you got uh, fr- uh, free refills. Well, no, not exactly. What I kind of mean is, you know, coffee, it goes through. Yeah. Look, the point I'm trying oh, to make is geez. I never left the car. And uh, this, uh, I needed every single minute because, as you oh. know, I got in this chair uh, with with no time to spare. Yeah. Um, this this moment, always like when I'm late for anything, it always reminds me of being in New England. Bill Belichick, dudes. If there's any time I've never been. <laughs> Okay, hang on. Now I'm sorry. Right, like, there's no excuse for being late. You right? can't be late. It's you one can't. of the. It's doctrine. It, you're 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 breaking biblical verse if you're late with Bill Belichick. It's already been addressed. So I <laughs> look. I mean, snowstorms. It blizzards. Nor'easters hammer the Northeast. I there's no question that that you have situations where you'll have a valid excuse here and there. Do your job. Every work every day. What is the chant that there are no days off? All that stuff, right? So one day, I mean, God bless me, early twenties, I overslept my alarm. I woke up with ten minutes to spare for a fifteen minute drive, and I'm in the car sweating bullets. I'm a rookie. I had just been drafted months ago. It's the fall. I'm I'm on like practice squad reps. I'm basically being redshirted there. My offensive line coach didn't like me because he didn't like rookies, right? Well, we I get in the car. And I call up the, 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 the assistant to Bill Belichick. His name's Bears. And I go, hey, Bears, uh, listen, uh, huge traffic jam, all sorts of stuff going. And he goes, yeah, okay. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm cutting it close. That's all I'm going to say. He goes, okay, got it. Okay, just when you get here, just come into the squad meeting. I knew what that meant. I was screwed. I hang up the phone with him, and I'm coming down this, this shallow hill. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, be late for a Bill Belichick squad meeting or have a real excuse. There was this old beat up like church van in front of me. And <laughs> I'm driving up. You did not. I'm driving a like a Tahoe where the bumper was just right in line with his. And so I just let it I just let it go, man. Like I just I just rolled right. I just <laughs> I rolled you gotta right. do a car accident I, on purpose. I rolled right into this guy's car. <laughs> No, you didn't. So I call back Bears and I go, hey, you know, I said I was cutting it close. I'm like, tell, you know, Billy B and the folks over there, uh, I'm I'm going to be officially late. I'm like, it's pouring rain. I just got in an accident. He's like, uh-huh. Okay. You come in when you're when you're ready. 
So I parked the car. I hit father time. This guy was 111 years old. Uh, he's getting his information out. I felt terrible. The rain's coming down on this poor old man. And I'm just like, I am so sorry. Like, I gave him every dollar in my pocket. I gave him all my information. I basically skid out of there. As soon as he gets back in his car, I get to the facility. Dude, it was a watchdog situation over there. They had people outside in the parking lot I could see taking pictures of the damage on my car to show Bill that I had a valid excuse. No way. Belichick did not take things lightly. You had By the way, one time. does that did that still count as a as an excuse? Like <laughs> if you truly got into a car accident, I would think you 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 know, you screwed yourself by the fact you called before the accident. Well, you already told him you were going to be late. Well, I said it was like rushing and all that. So I was like, that's what kind of caused accidents, wet on the roads, all this. You know, look, I'm a rookie. I'm throwing myself on the mercy of the court here. And uh, Bill came up to me in the lunch line later that day. He goes, hey, so, you know, listen, when, when it comes to like, you know, lateness and stuff, like we just sort of expect you to be awake early enough so that no matter what you're gonna make it like even if you have to walk okay all right okay and then just walked away from me and i'm just like (laughs) oh my god i'm gonna throw up okay when when belichick called you to cut you uh two two three years later (laughs) when he called you to cut you i i happen to know this because you and i you know uh we know each other a little bit here yeah um i know that you were on the phone with him for like 45 minutes i want to know at any point during that 45-minute conversation, did you say, by the way, Bill, <laughs> totally got in that car accident on purpose? No, no. I still, to this day. I mean, this is, this is sports tanking way before Mark Cuban. <laughs> you, you tanked. You tanked the practice and you did it on purpose. Well, I didn't take. I missed three minutes of his beautifully orated squad meeting. I, di- I didn't miss much. I didn't tank. I, I look, yes, I tanked the lateness, but I never. Actually, Bill, if you're listening right now, I apologize. Yes, I, I, I lied. I, I was late because I caused an accident. It was Anything not, else? Not, well, no, that's it. I swear, and I, I'll, it'll never happen okay. again. That's I can know. I ask you now a totally different question based on something you just said? Yeah. You think, does Bill Belichick ever listen to sports radio? Oh, I imagine so. Yeah, oh, I right? imagine so, my friend. I thought so too. Hey, and check I, this out. This is, like this is yeah, go ahead. This comes up like when we're in meetings. Well, look, not anymore. But when I was there and we were all in the meetings, like he would, <laughs> he would have sometimes a stack of papers with him, and you you're never sure what it's gonna be. But you know, normally he was just going ex- what seemed extemporaneously, like he's just talking off the top of his head pointing to all the bad plays we had in the game before, practice day, whatever it may be. Um, but sometimes he came with prepared with paperwork, and sometimes that paperwork was l- literally headline after headline of athlete getting in trouble or columnists uh, doubting our successes or people who are casting opinions from the outside. Like, if there was any coach who acted more – passive aggressive and and ignorant to what was going on the outside but actually was more dialed into what was happening it was bill belichick he was completely consumed with it because he understood it's not just sport it's sports entertainment how do you control the narrative he's done a wonderful job of it over two decades huh wow well uh with that said then hi bill how you doing? <laughs> Rich totally got over on one, didn't he? Well, Unbelievable. 
Wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's incredible. One thing I've learned repeatedly, and this is one thing that a broadcasting career affords you, because if there's one thing I meet a lot of, it's retired athletes. Okay, right. I am surrounded by you guys, and uh, and one thing I've learned is that whole line that everybody spews in the middle of their playing career. Yeah, listen, I don't read the papers, and I don't. Uh, I don't listen to talk radio and I don't watch sports television. Bull crap. BS. Yeah, buddy. No. Yes, you do. Go to yes, every yes, pre-combine training facility out there. What's on the NFL Network? Want to know why? Because all they do during the pre-draft, pre-combine period is talk about the guys who are sitting in those rooms training their 225 draft training their 40-yard dash, going to any lunchroom across the NFL, 32 of them available. There is ESPN or there is Fox Sports all over every screen. Everybody knows who the bigwigs are at all these stations, and everybody is listening. It's how it works. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. A little bit more from Sister Jean and the big story that repeated itself. From 2017 to 2018, uh, coming up in just a minute. But let's get Isaac Lowe and Cron in here. Ilo with the latest going on out and about as well on a busy Saturday. Ilo, good day. Good afternoon, Mark and Rich. We're just over 90 minutes away now from tipping off the Final Four in San Antonio with a matchup between Loyola of Chicago and Michigan. Then at 849 Eastern, Kansas clashes with Villanova. Baseball, Texas Rangers outfielder Delino DeShields was put on the 10-day disabled list today with a broken bone in his left hand. On the scoreboard right now, the Mets have a 6-2 lead over the Cardinals in the top of the ninth inning. Washington, a 7-3 lead at Cincinnati in the top half of the eighth inning. NBA Washington Wizards guard John Wall returned to action today against the Charlotte Hornets after missing two months recovering from knee surgery. The Wizards leading the Hornets 73-60 with four and a half to play in the third quarter. Wall with 12 points and 10 assists, but is 5 out of 14 from the field. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Sixers center Joel Embiid underwent surgery today to repair an orbital fracture. Finally, Mark and Rich way elsewhere. Pelican center Anthony Davis's iconic unibrow now belongs to the ages. Oh, Here's how it sounded. Man. What's up, everybody? It's your boy AD here. Um, about to make a drastic change in my life. Here we go. It's done. It's it's a big change. Y'all tell me, big moment, new AD, new brow. Let's get it. So Mark and Rich, the unibrow, Uh, evidently now the duo brow. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for one second. Conspiracy theory, April Fool. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm sick to my stomach. Tomorrow is April 1st, but it's also Easter. So therefore, I think he just wanted to uh, get ahead of things here. Uh, Remember, I watched the video. He puts the shaving cream on the brow and then supposedly drops the phone. And then when he picks the phone back up, the uh, the hair is gone. You never see him put razor to face. Yeah, okay. I don't buy this. Okay. I think the unibrow still exists. Wow. And I will need more evidence. I will need to see this in an actual game before I buy that it's gone. Mark, this is a great point. Why now? You know, I'm always a why guy. Why now, right? So it is April Fool's Day coming up tomorrow, and, and I feel like this is a setup to a very awful joke because this isn't funny. Ice cream doesn't taste as good to me anymore. Sunshine night is warm. 
puppies not as cute. Yeah, not unless I ugly. know that man's eyebrows connect. Yeah, there are certain things that uh, that that you know just kind of become a part of people. Like normally, we do want people to have two defined eyebrows. Sure. Um, but when Anthony Davis does it, you're like, I don't know. I'm struggling to make sense of things today. So uh, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second, and it might just be because I don't want it to be. Uh, but uh, we're going to find out in the coming days for sure. Uh, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. We are live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. want to get to this, uh, some people calling in about the Final Four. Uh, but let's hear from Sister Jean first, shall we? Um, you know, she had this press conference that was just jammed with people uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, I think it was. Uh, she is the story in San Antonio. Uh, first thing she was asked, uh, is God a basketball fan? Do you think God is a basketball fan? He probably is. And he's probably a basketball fan more of the NCAA than the NBA. <laughs> I'll wager that your viewer audience is very large this time. And that if you compare it to the NBA when they're playing, it'll be different. And I say that because these young people are playing with their hearts and not for any financial assistance. Well, well, I yeah. mean, you know, listen, sister, well, well, I don't know if you've been reading the papers, but... Let's tap the brakes there for a second, you very, very charming 98-year-old nun. Tap the brakes for just a second. Now, I do believe that's probably true for the players she follows. Yeah, no, that is... Okay, probably well, yeah. true for Loyola of Chicago. Yeah. Um, but it's really fascinating the way that conversation went. First of all, of course God's a basketball fan, or else there wouldn't be basketball. Hello? Uh, and then the idea that God okay. likes college basketball better than pro. Hmm. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, <laughs> that, would put, uh, that would put God in the minority, and I find God being in the minority to also be a weird statement. I also find it weird that she used the word wager in her answer about God. Uh, this, this thing went all kinds of directions uh, to the point where by the time she was done, my head was just shaking. I, that, that was, there, there was a lot that just went on there. No, you know, the fact, the fact is to me, it, it's, it's not even about what she's saying. It's about the novelty of having the sports press and media like just standing in line to meet her, to take pictures of her. Like there are people from canvassing the country and the globe, uh, attending San Antonio's events, the many events available to them right now. And this was standing room only. <laughs> there are players who are going to take the court in hours who have not seen nearly as much press. Sister Jean has a sanctioned, licensed, t-shirt for her for the final four tournament this is a story that has taken off and 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 quite frankly i think sports media and the ncaa at this point has done a terrific job leaning into because you cannot run away from good now i i understand she's a nun and that inherent goodness okay but i'm talking about the good <laughs> that is the storyline like this is entertaining that to me you can't you can't write this stuff you can't create it. You you never know when it's coming. And if you slam the door shut on it, you miss it. 
I am I'm so glad that the story going into this game, which we are now what an hour away from seeing, is yeah, well, Sister hour, hour Jean Mary yep. Dolores, uh, you know Esquire the Third, or uh, you know, I'm I'm so glad we know who she is. <laughs> I, I I mean, uh, man, I hope they win. Does everybody understand here? Don't act patronizing toward Loyola of Chicago. Oh, that's nice. Great little story. Here you are. But now this is big boy time. Let's wipe you out of the way. Don't you understand that vanilla, uh, Villanova versus uh, Loyola of Chicago on Monday night is a huge story. Huge story. And by the way, incredibly watchable. And by the way, that's my pick. I'm going Villanova and uh, Loyola of Chicago in the game on Monday night. we got some people that want to weigh in here. Let's go to Craig. Craig and Lansing. Hi, Craig. Thanks for calling Mark and Rich. Hey, hey. Uh, good evening, fellas. You know, I, I just I called in because you started talking about mid-majors and uh, how you felt, though, it's a matter of time or it's happening now that they're going to be, you know, up, upsets for mid-majors is going to be a common thing, and it already yep. is. One of the main reasons I believe – in addition to the things you guys mentioned, and maybe you mentioned it before I tuned in, but I think it's just the, the simple fact that you take a, you know, I'm from East Lansing, you take a team like Michigan State with two five-star players, they're both going to get drafted in the top 15 next year, put them up against a team like Loyal of Chicago, and they're going to get beat because that team's been playing together for three or four years, and they've got the experience that, that outweighs uh, raw talent. And I just think that that's the thing where you're getting teams uh, – that you know, take you mentioned Gonzaga and Butler, perfect example. When they first started coming onto the scene as a program, making their way, they didn't get big time recruits. Right. They had guys. You know what I'm saying? They had guys play together for three, three, four years, and they got so good at it that when they played a team that wasn't used to playing and running, they didn't have the right rhythm. They could just smoke them. Yeah, Craig, you're you're spot on. And, and think about these teams that are playing the one and done game. Do you know what they actually are? They're super teams. So yep. let's go to the NBA. Think about a way a super team supposedly comes together. I know now we use that term to mean any collection of great talent. We call the Warriors a super team. However, uh, only Kevin Durant of the uh, the Big Four was not drafted by that team. Um, the Warriors were good. In fact, won a title before they had Kevin Durant. So what the Warriors were was they were almost a combination of one-and-done type players but they had played together for three, four, five years, and, and, and so therefore their knowledge of one another is really, really good. But take the way we normally see a super team. Look at the Rockets this year. A lot of people say, oh, James Harden, Chris Paul, that's not going to work together. Well, we just jam two stars together and we go, hey, this looks great. I think it'll work. Well, sometimes it does. It looks like it's worked this year. We'll see in the playoffs. But more often than not, it doesn't. Lakers, cover of Sports Illustrated, Nash, Gasol, right. Kobe, Dwight Howard. This is going to be amazing. Listen to the way oh my you gosh. just said it. It was a train wreck. But Nash, Gasol, Kobe, you just said CP3 Harden. You know, we were talking about LeBron, KD, Steph. Like, I'm just saying words, arbitrary words, they have meaning connected to them. I wasn't going to quiz our last caller, Craig, and thanks for the call, but he's from East Lansing. So, I mean, but a lot of people listening here. Uh, probably don't even know where Butler is, but they sure as heck know that they had a a a, a great basketball team over the past decade, and that's it's not important where they are. It's Indianapolis, if you don't know, <laughs> Gonzaga. 
Gonzaga, right? So another school. People just hear about the Zags and they get excited. Mark Few. There are a couple of names, right, that you really recognize in college sports. The Zags, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, uh, Butler, like these mid-major schools. And, and for whatever reason, the networks are afraid of leaning into that. Don't be. Because it's the same thing that's happening at the NBA level with the name worth talent on the court. It's just happening in a different way in college hoops. You're still attaching yourself to names. It doesn't matter if they're big names or small names. They're names. Sister Jean. Packed house at a press conference. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as you're getting attention, lean into it. This is going to work. It's going to work. It's going to happen. So better to be ahead of the curve than behind it. Mark and Rich, more of your phone calls coming up 877-99 on Fox. And also, uh, coming up next, huge story last night, and it was history repeating itself. That's next. All right, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. We are just over an hour away from the um, Wolverines and Sister Jeans uh, (laughs) playing a little basketball. (laughs) And we're going to check it out. Uh, But... First, uh, while we're on the uh, the hardwood, there's uh, there's something else that I think is really worth mentioning, and uh, of course, it took place last night for the second year in a row uh, in the semifinals in the women's national championship final four. UConn, unbeaten until that point, goes down. This is what it sounded like when Notre Dame had the ball in a tie game with the clock winding down. Tied at 89, seven seconds. Agumawale on a switch has Collier. Three seconds, puts up a long two, got it! One second! Notre Dame on top by two, one second! It's UConn ball, no timeouts! Gabby Williams, baseball pass up the floor! Deflected away by Notre Dame to Samuelson! And a shot at the horn! Blast and rim miss! Notre Dame survives and wins it in overtime! 91-89! to 89. Okay, this was uh, this was great stuff, and uh, you know, came down to the very end, and a huge shot gets hit, and that's why we love March Madness and all of that. So on the women's side, for the second year in a row, UConn goes down. They come in unbeaten, feeling unbeatable, um, and that's been the narrative in college basketball for years now. UConn will beat someone like a hundred four to seven, and people people will go, "Gosh, this is so bad for women's basketball," because. Uh, it's not even fun. It's not competitive. There's no mystery to it. Well, two things have happened here. First of all, for two years in a row, they're not going to win a national championship. But let me ask you this. If I asked you off the top of your head, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but Notre Dame is going to go to the national championship game tomorrow. Uh, do you know who they're playing? Absolutely no idea. Got it. Okay, let me let Absolutely you know. Absolutely no. I like I this game. Look, I mean, it when things are happening nowadays, you can feel it. Like you open Twitter, you open social media, you're like, oh, I got to dial into this. I wasn't paying a ton of attention to women's basketball in the tournament action at all until that very moment where it was like they could topple UConn. Turn it on right now, you fools. So I did, and so those. Those are the reasons why you, you get involved because it's UConn. It's UConn women's. It's iconic. You know, so, so yeah, but go on. All right, so the answer is Mississippi State. Oh, the Bulldogs, of course. Yes. Oh, of course. Okay, no, so they, they've been rampaging on their side of the bracket. I've read Mississippi that. State will play <laughs> Notre Dame. And so here's my follow-up question. Yes. You got any interest in watching that? No. 
No. Okay, so there's a narrative that keeps getting built that we've got to throw in the trash. The idea that UConn is bad for women's basketball. Here's the real narrative. UConn is women's basketball. In fact, I don't even know how much it exists without it. Uh, We remember them getting upset in an epic game last year, but most of us couldn't even name the team that beat them. And furthermore, probably don't know that that team that beat UConn went on to lose the national championship two days later. Was it South Carolina? I think. I'm not even sure. That sounds accurate. Here's the deal. UConn, if UConn was playing Notre Dame tomorrow, would you be maybe interested in watching? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Especially, like, say that basketball pass we heard got inbounded and UConn actually went on to tie it up and then win in overtime, where all of a sudden they look mortal and they're heading into uh, a championship game where a weakness was shown. Who knows what's going to happen next? And now the, the the spotlight is even brighter than it was for that final game uh, than it was prior. So Mississippi State, Notre Dame, uh, good luck to both of you. Um, I will read about it. I will read about it. <laughs> or, or 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 maybe you won't. Or yeah, or perhaps, uh, yeah. Yeah, or maybe, perhaps maybe it might miss weeks, me. I don't know. Two, two weeks from now, I'll ask you who won. You'll be like, I don't know. And I'll well, be like, listen, I was asking and, you because I don't know either. And again, like that's what like so. Twitter is a great litmus test for what's hot. Your phone actually feels hot sometimes when you're scrolling, <laughs> and you're like, oh my right. goodness, I'm missing something. I need to be a part of this party. It's like when you hear the music down the block. What's happening? Let me go check this out. You know, so in my opinion, yes, everybody talks about the Patriots and the Warriors and UConn women's basketball and some of the great teams that we've seen, dynasty teams, and how unfair it is or how it makes the regular season less competitive or interesting and what have you, save it. Because when you have greatness, you have an automatic litmus test, you have a villain, you have something that everybody is crashing into to measure themselves against. This time Notre Dame came up big, but women's college basketball came up small because unfortunately it didn't happen in the final game, it happened in the prelude too. Well, I think that it's really not all that different than the dynamic that is at play in the NBA right now. What's the story in the NBA here in a couple of weeks? The story is going to be, can someone beat the Cavs mm-hmm. and can someone beat the Warriors? And uh, if they can't, we're going to have the same finals for the fourth year in a row and the ratings will be fantastic the same way they have been for three years in a row so far. So it's actually often in sports that the story is not who wins. It's see that team over there, can someone beat them? And that's what women's basketball is right now in the day and age of Gino Oriema. It's no different with the Warriors and the Cavs. We're not sitting here going, boy, this Anthony Davis guy, he's nice. No. Can someone beat the Cavs and can someone beat the Warriors? Mark, there's a such thing as the wrong team winning sometimes because the stories go away. Let's compare it to what's happening today in the men's Final Four. Loyal Chicago gets beat by Michigan and say Kansas defeats Villanova. It's going to be a very forgettable final matchup. But if Loyola Chicago should advance, if it is Nova, that feels big. That feels important. That feels like everybody's going to be down the block hearing the music. What's going on at that party? Let's let's go there. Let's check that house out. Exactly right. All right, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, those of you on hold, stay right there. We're coming back to you. Plus, 
A lot of NFL coming up in the next hour. In fact, uh, our buddy Colin Cowherd said something about the New York Giants draft I find totally incorrect. Tell you about that coming up. Game starts in an hour. Bill Plaschke joins us in a half hour. Mark and Rich, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. The New York Giants have been doing something calculated and wrong, according to Colin Cowherd. And they also might be on the verge of making the move of the offseason. More on all of that coming up in just a second. But uh, let's get back out to you wanting to talk a little bit about the Final Four. Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt in all of her splendor. Uh, Let's go to Ian uh, in Lansing who wants to weigh in. Ian, thank you for calling. What's up? Hey, yeah. So I wanted to bring up a couple of stories that have to do with the uh, the players. Other, you know, other than talking about Sister Jean, um, one is with Loyola Chicago. Uh, those two players, Clayton Custer, who pulled them through the early part of the season, and Ben Richardson, who went like six or seven from three and brought them to the Final Four, have been friends since third grade, and that's one of those like really cool stories that um, you know, just like things people dream about. You know, childhood friends trying to go for a national championship together. Um, so and the other, I, I, yeah, yeah, Ian, Ian, let me just jump in real quick. Do you realize that you are part of the one percent of one percent? Do you know that about yourself? I'm aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So and, and I, I don't, I don't say that as any sort of a, a slight. I, I think it's great, but I, it's funny because we're sitting here, to, like I know you've heard uh, radio and TV hosts say this over and over and over again. Gosh, college basketball. of the people can't name a player on a team. And here comes Ian and Lansing can name all the players on all the teams. So uh, you're that guy. You're the 0.1% that everyone's been talking about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah. And and Ian, (laughs) there's, there's also nothing wrong with knowing that and enjoying that fact. But I think it's also one of those things that's not gripping nationwide. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who played on the AAU team with Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas, who are very excited when they joined forces in Cleveland for the short time Thomas was there, who understood that story too. But as far as the NBA goes, that's not one of those monster, big, uh, headline-grabbing stories. Custer and Richardson being pals since they're three and, and sharing toys in the sandbox. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun for the people who maybe know them in person. But for the rest of us, Sister Jean I mean, that is the craziest thing that, that in the world that that she's she's been court size crocheting scarves while wow. this this uh, this mid major Cinderella has been on this tear. It's been incredible, and that's I the reason even, why I, it's attracted so much attention. Yeah, I don't even understand how anybody lives to be ninety eight. To be honest, that's no, what no. has me. No, no, I no. Even, yeah. I don't even get that. I'm like, already just, on the other side of the hill. Enjoy yeah, me while yeah, I'm here. You know, I mean, yeah. like there's no chance. No, ninety eight. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Ian, what else you got? Okay, well, the other story was, um, and pretty I get this wrong, uh, Duka Uzebuke on um, Kansas. He's from Nigeria, uh, 11 years old. He watched his dad die of like, a terrible disease, you know, uh, yeah. escaped Boko Haram. And uh, his mother is going to be courtside, Final Four, never seen him play TV nothing in front of 70,000 people. 
Um, he's going to see his mother for the first time since he left Nigeria. So those were the you know, two big player stories that I thought were really cool going into the I, Final Four. They're amazing. And, Ian, thank you for the call. i tell you what else you are, Ian. Um, Ian is an example of where uh, sports media is going. You know, uh, we, we've seen this for years and years. It used to be so easy to just, you know, flip on the TV, here's some stats, um, this is who's good this year, this is who's not, we can debate that, and you watch the game. And then you see in today's day and age all the talk about the NFL ratings declining and everything, but I think that leaves out the conversation that ratings for everything uh, are down. And, and where we're really going is to a spot where when you say mass audience, the, that's a smaller number than what mass audience used to be. And so people are having to do a deeper dive. I think that today's sports fan is, by and large, more interested in stories like that. I always make fun of the sideline interview of a coach going off to halftime. <laughs> like, when 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 has that ever led to anything interesting? No. And I think there's more media now that are looking for stories like what Ian is saying, bringing them to us in very consumable ways, 30 for 30 docs, things like that. Um, I, that stuff is great, and I, and I think we're going to see more and more of it because, uh, as Oprah says, Rich, every life has a story. I oh, hope you know that. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I yeah. mean, and and I'm going to you know get on her airwave at, at some point and jump on her couch, and and no, yeah, like, and you, you know, can you can tell the story of the time that you crashed into somebody on purpose. Well, so that so that Bill Belichick wouldn't get mad at you. <laughs> I could, I could, <laughs> I could. That would probably uh, look. I, uh, I again, apologies, Belichick uh, coach, if you're listening. Uh, you know, look, no, no harm, no foul. That was like a decade. Don't apologize ago. to Bill. Apologize uh, to the guy that you rammed in the back of his car yeah, uh, as a senior yeah, citizen for yeah. no good reason at all. No, he was a real – I still remember his name, Harry, and he was Harry. He had this huge beard. <laughs> like I said, he looked like Father Time, but I had to rear-end somebody because I would have been late for work without an excuse. So I digress <laughs> on that point to provide this one. The reason why that story that I just told is interesting is because it's a human interest piece. It it's gives a story, you right. a vista behind the scenes of something you love. So college basketball <laughs> is your thing. Sister Jean is the cat's pajamas because all of a sudden this unknown, this school that, I mean, right? I mean, I didn't know that there was a school called Loyola Chicago in Chicago. I had no idea, right? So, Where, where did you think Loyola of Chicago was? Yeah, I thought Boise. I really did. Okay. Boise, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And somebody said, no, no, literally the city's name is in the name of the universe. Oh, got it. Right. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think it's important to get to know, to take the deeper dive, to take the time like Ian clearly has on some of the final matchups we have to play out because it's it's worthwhile enough to have standing room only at a oh, nun's great. press conference at the Final Four in San Antonio today. All this stuff is great. This is, again, sports always every year has the opportunity to bring us stuff we haven't seen. This one's absolutely doing it. Uh, Blair in Maine has called in. Blair, thank you for calling Mark and Rich. What's up? What's up, Mark and Rich? I can't wait for Sister Jean to get the big upset tonight. <laughs> yes, Michigan sir. loses her number three. And then you got Kansas and Villanova. Kansas beats Villanova. We got Sister Jean, Loyola, Chicago, playing Kansas Monday night at 9 o'clock on hey. TBS. 
I tell oh you what, Blair. Oh my freaking god! Yeah, Blair. Blair. You know what Blair is? Blair is the next generation's Dick Vitale. I was going to say the this. Dick Vitale of Maine. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Blair. Blair knows how to really. He is it's like the NC. He's the NCAA Fox Sports Radio hype man. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We we've just hired him to do that, and uh, and so he just did that for everybody. We got a nod taken on the Jayhawks. It's Bedlam in San Antonio. The funny thing is, is how do you hype it up? It's like, <laughs> here it is, Sister Jean. And the camera pans her, and she's just, like, sitting there. She's 98. You're, like, you're not expecting her to actually do something, are you? No, like, you're, you're more expecting year old woman. You get closer, and, uh, you know, quick enough, she'll go, oh, my. You know, that's that's as, that's as oh. much, you know, it's just All what right. it is. Look, it, just, it's, it is what it is. I have grandma, too, and I love her. You know, this is this is a fantastic story. And again, on a season that was blighted by a lot of negativity at first, the fact that the little engine that could is still alive, they're taking on Michigan, uh, you know, a, a, a classic big-name school in a Final Four game. I mean, we're watching pregame right now. I'm st- I'm getting caught up. Like, I'm, I'm really, like, this is exciting. I wish this was the late game for that reason. This feels like the heavyweight fight. Uh, why, why are we doing it in opposite order? Exactly right. That's my question about all this. All right, Mark and Rich, Bill Plasky is going to join us in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, Let me ask you this. You play poker at all? I do. Okay. So uh, you know that when, uh, if you've ever watched poker, you know, in the middle of the night or something when you can't sleep, uh, those guys are sitting over there. Most of them have some sort of glasses or shades over their eyes. And, and the reason they do that is because, of course, they don't want uh, people to know what they're thinking, what they're looking at, um, and that, that helps because it's hard to do that with your eyes if, uh, if people can see them. They're avoiding and, people picking up on tells to, exactly. to see. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So all the NFL teams are doing this right now. Um, that's called leading up to the draft. Nothing that is said is true. Everything is false. Everything is to make somebody else think something about what you're doing, even though that's not what you're doing. So I'm listening to Colin the other day, and he goes, gosh, the Giants don't understand how to play poker. They have just missed this entire deal. And uh, finally, finally, they're sitting down at the table. And his thought as to why they were finally sitting down at the table or his clue uh, was the fact that Peter Schrager released a new mock draft that had the Giants taking a quarterback at number two. And Schrager talks to people, so he's like, he's not just throwing that out there. Clearly, somebody has led him to believe the Giants are actually going to take a yeah, quarterback. possibly targeting a quarterback. Yeah, so somebody with the name of Josh. I don't know if it's Allen or Rosen. We'll find <laughs> right, out. Right, yeah, we'll figure right. that so, out later. Yeah, so Colin's like, well, finally, gosh, you don't understand how to do this because all they've been saying all along is, we're going to take a running back. We're going to take a running back. He goes, you've got to make people think you're going to take a quarterback, even if you're not, because then they're all going to try to jump up there and grab your draft, your pick. They're going to try to make a trade to you. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm going, wait a minute. That is the poker game. That is what the Giants are doing. Because, in my opinion, the Giants – do want to take a quarterback, but they don't want anybody to think that. Everybody thinks the Browns are going to take a quarterback, so no one's calling about the pick because the thought is we're not going to get it. The Browns want Sam Darnold. We're not going to get that pick. Let's call the Giants because all they want is Saquon Barkley 
maybe they will let us give them our entire draft and move up. My take is the Giants do want a quarterback, but they also, they're not so hung on that pick, they also want people to call and make offers. They know that there's a quarterback going in front of them, and they know that there's a quarterback going behind him. The Giants have become the target for trade because people don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I listened to Colin lay this all out, and I'm like, wow, I couldn't see this differently. I think the Giants have played this thing like a fiddle. Well, listen, I think in poker, and I think the best poker players are the ones who you fill in the blanks for them. Like, so you're never going to know their intentions, so what you get to you get to do is guess. And then occasionally, because you think they may have tipped you off in a direction and you're certain, you're building certainties around fiction, right? Uh, you get yourself all convinced. This happened last year with the Bears and the 49ers at the same exact pick. The 49ers never, ever let anybody know what their intentions were. Everybody thought because this was a brand-new franchise with a brand-new coach and a brand-new GM. Of course, they want a brand-new, spanking-new quarterback, right? Wrong. They ended up going after Solomon Thomas, the very next pick, after the Bears traded away everything to get the number two overall to get Trubisky. Because they never told anybody they wanted a quarterback. They allowed the Bears to believe that. So the Giants, they're sitting in the catbird seat because while everybody is guessing and becoming more certain of their guesses, they still haven't said boo. Exactly right. And by the way, the Niners last year, you would have thought maybe they did want a quarterback. It doesn't matter what people think you want. It matters what people think other teams are going to try to do to get to your spot. That's true, As long too. as the Giants, the Giants have made everybody think everyone's trying to get there, That's all you want to do. I think they've played this thing perfectly. I think there's another move they might be about to make that we really need to talk about, and that's next. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Got to get to Hooters. Try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many Hooters. All right, Bill Plasky in 10 minutes. It's funny, you know, you and I have already had this conversation, our weekday show, Extra 1360, Fox Sports San Diego. Um, And, you know, all things uh, related to what I know you and I certainly believe and most believe uh, was a mistake by the Chargers to move to Los Angeles. Um, All those things uh, are still being discussed in San Diego. Of course. And so nationally... Uh, this conversation about Odell Beckham hasn't really gone this route, but let's clue everybody into the conversation that you and I have been having. Um, Odell Beckham is one of the names in the NFL. He's a needle mover, and the Rams have gotten a bunch of needle movers this offseason. Sue, Tlaib, Joseph from the, the Chiefs. I mean. Mar- Marcus Peters, Marcus, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah, excuse so, me, Marcus Peters from the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Big deal. They were already a good team. You've already got Gurley, uh, some, uh, you know, very interesting players on offense. You're in Los Angeles. Could you add Odell Beckham? It almost has the feel of a LeBron James-type team in the NFL, where we don't see super teams, but it kind of would have that feel. Like LeBron, Wade, and Bosh feels kind of like Sue, Tlaib, and Beckham. Mm. I don't know if this trade is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to work 
The Rams were already good. Those are all really good players, but holy smokes, they are big personalities. It could go one of two ways. But when I see this and when you see this, and I thought you were really ahead of the curve on this, this is much less about football than it is about selling seats. Well, yeah. And if I see the idea of Odell Beckham go to the Rams, my first thought is game, set, match, Chargers. You're out. You lost. In Los Angeles, this has been called, from the Chargers' perspective, the fight for L.A. They have trouble filling up a soccer stadium. Two years from now, it's going to be 70,000 seats and PSLs that need to be sold. Who do you think the young L.A. football fans the Chargers are targeting are going to be rooting for if Odell Beckham plays for the Rams? Well, look at all the, look at all the trajectory standpoints that you can attach yourself to. Jared Goff, okay, his rookie season awful, second-year pro bowler, okay? That guy is in his early 20s. If they get Odell Beckham Jr., that's a 25-year-old man. Todd Gurley had just had a magnificent sophomore season. Uh, this is good. Or was it his third year? Either third way. Third year, yeah. This, this, is, this is an Earl. All of your stars around this offensive roster, including if you add the piece of Beckham Jr., are in their early or mid-20s. What's all over a fantasy football team roster? Mm-hmm. Offensive players. Like okay, Philip Rivers. I understand he's a tremendous quarterback, and I played with him. I think he's one of the best in the game. He's Hall of Fame worthy through my eyes. He's Hall of Fame worthy through my eyes. This is the sort of player that you're hoping Jared Goff turns into, and surround him with the sort of talent the Rams are looking to surround him with. Uh, get him an offensive line with Whitworth. That addition really kept his blind side uh, clean. Uh, this this is this is going to be a thing now for a while. The trajectory is totally different. I mean, Philip Rivers is a 36-year-old man. We understand where that goes. We understand where the Chargers are heading. And when everybody heads into Inglewood, you're going to have still, in his early 20s, a Jared Goff-led Rams with Sean McVay, the youngest head coach in NFL current day, and you're probably going to have a Philip Rivers considering retirement. I tell you what, the other thing about it that's interesting when I look at that blend of personalities, you know, usually there's a honeymoon period. You were with the Patriots when Randy Moss went there. And people immediately thought, I remember that time, people were like, wow, that's worlds colliding. Mm. Randy Moss and the Patriots, that doesn't fit. The, the, The Patriots are all about the system. Randy's all about Randy. What are they doing? And albeit it was a short experience, but for the most part, and even though it didn't end up winning the Super Bowl, like it really worked. Like the numbers were fantastic. So there's a honeymoon period. Even if it's going to go bad eventually, I think in a near term, um, if you bring all those big, sometimes controversial personalities to the Rams, they're all going to behave for year one. Oh, come it's, on. Yeah. It's year, it's year two, year three where it could become a problem. And who even knows uh, if they'll still be there? Sue signed a one-year deal. Beckham's got one year left on his deal. I don't even know what the situation is for uh, for Peters and Tlaib, but it's the NFL, so if you want to move on in a year or two, you move on in a year or two. Uh, I think what the Rams are doing will be fine in terms of football. I think it'll be fine in terms of personality, and it would be an absolute grand slam in terms of public perception, attention, and 
and ticket sales. Now, obviously, they got to go do it. Yes. You got to go get Odell Beckham. Yes. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but it feels right now like day after day, it's getting more and more likely. Well, and, and here's the funny thing about the L.A. market, and I think a lot of people around the country understand this from uh, watching the Raiders when they were there, the Rams during their time, the Lakers current day, is this is a city who enjoys their stars, Hollywood the access to the players. TMZ follows around the star players in this area. I mean, yep. the Dodgers, similar effect. World Series uh, contenders. I mean, you know this roster because it's bigger than just the sport, right? It's about the entertainment too. If, the, if there are two teams in one market and one is chasing after not only talented players but also insanely marketable players, that's the Rams. Uh, the Chargers – are building a really nice football team and they're playing in a really nice soccer stadium and they're really not doing themselves much of much of a justice yet because guess what? In the NFL, cash is king. Kroenke owns the land at Inglewood. He's going to build his Kroenke land, the, the stadium slash convention center slash uh, shopping mall, and, yeah, yeah. and the Chargers will rent space and they'll play on the field and they may have a nice little football uh, team for a bunch of years. But that is not how you win L.A. That is not how you win in the NFL. Look at the teams we know and always have, the Dallas Cowboys. Was it ever just about football? Absolutely not. Increasingly, that's just the way it is everywhere. I mean, if you're a TNT executive, when you sit down at the beginning of the year to come up with your national games, it was one of the last teams that you want to stick on there, the Spurs. Mm. But they're really good. Why don't we want to put them on there? I don't know. They're boring. There's just nothing to sink your teeth into, especially if Kawhi Leonard's not even going to play. Right. And I know Spurs fans annually get really upset with this conversation, um, but it's just it's just true. Uh, sports is entertainment, and uh, entertainment is absolutely tied to personality. More and more when I look at sports now, it's not even just about teams and sitting down and rooting. It's about television characters. Um, it's what we're talking about with Sister Jean. It's what college basketball's yes. big problem is right now. They don't have television characters. Uh, the Rams have just acquired a bunch of television characters, uh, and I would like to sit down and follow their story. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I feel similarly about how I felt about the uh, the Gronk post Gronk post Super Bowl co- uh, questions about his retirement. You know, all these injuries, everything that's happened, you're you're on the doorstep to a victory and it's taken away by the Eagles. Are you considering this the end of the line? And he goes, I'm not ready to answer that question. All of a sudden, oh, Gronk's considering retirement. It's like, well, pump your brakes. He just didn't answer the question, but it availed itself an opportunity for him to keep that going and potentially either A, get traded out of a place where he's admitted he doesn't have much fun playing at, or B, get New England on the horn to talk about extending his contract or making it more worth his while to stick around. Odell Beckham Jr., I'm not saying that he launched this video on Snapchat or whatever it was in the hotel room with the white substance and and, uh, the brown cigarette and the pizza and the French model. But all I'm saying is the opportunism now available for the rest of the NFL, including the Giants, the team that harbors him currently, it's it's just a beautiful collection of the reason the reason why this story is getting so much press because he's a star he was caught in a moment of weakness or what have you and you can spin it off into something that's even better for whatever team lands him and potentially the one that trades him this is a home run hit 
if the Rams get Odell. Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, I'm so excited. In a couple minutes, Bill Plasky is going to be on. We're going to find out who Rich is going to try to fire today. This is great. Like, last week, Bill came on. Rich fired Steve Alford on the air. And, and I mean, it was it was a stunning <laughs> It was a stunning moment. I'll tell you what. Uh, Bill's a pro because, like, yeah. in his mind, he went like, yeah, if I don't know that, then it ain't true, kid. Yeah. It was hysterical. <laughs> I love this great? Get to that point in media where you're like, no, 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 no. News doesn't break in this town unless I break it, okay? Uh, Bill oh, Plasky coming up next. Uh, but first, let's get Ilo in here with the latest out and about. Ilo, what do you got? Mark and Rich were just over half an hour away from tipping off the Final Four in San Antonio with a matchup between Loyola of Chicago and Michigan. Then at 849 Eastern, Kansas faces Villanova. At last report, and I swear I'm not making this up, Loyola of Chicago's venerable sister Jean was holding court with none other than Basketball Hall of Famer Bill Walton. Wow. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Wow. No. I would pay hundreds of dollars just to listen to that conversation. Oh well, God. so is hundreds. Ev- so so is everybody on social media because the yeah. picture tweeted by Jeff Goodman has garnered some amusing comments, including the following quote. Probably talking about their favorite Grateful Dead concert venues, unquote. Uh, Another comment, quote, wonder if they're trading weed stories, unquote. Oh, come on. (laughs) None of that's confirmed. None of that's confirmed, Ilo. Of course, of course. And the most merciless comment of all, quote, Walton must have missed the memo that the Pac-12 got bounced from the tourney a long time ago. Oh, come on. I really like your scarves, Sister Jean. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, in this picture, Sister Jean, by the way, in addition to wearing her usual Loyola of Chicago garb, is also wearing a Michigan M Go Blue button. For some reason. It's hmm. in the picture. Well, I think that's uh, maybe an ode to Jalen Rose's grandma ah, who was smack talking her yeah, earlier this yeah, week. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Although I listen, I'm like uh, Bull Durham. When there's a streak, you don't mess with it. I don't like that she's changing her game right here. I, I don't think that's not a good that's not a good omen. We'll be following that story closely <laughs> as the afternoon yes, we wears on with Sister Jean's button. Uh, in the NBA Wizards guard John Wall returned to action today after missing Two months due to knee surgery, he had 15 points and 14 assists in 33 minutes in the Wizards' 14-point victory over the Hornets. Finally, Pelican center Anthony Davis posting a video today that appeared to show him shaving off his iconic unibrow. Social media, however, ripe with conspiracy theories that instead it's actually some sort of early April Fool's prank. Social media coming up with conspiracy theories? Can't imagine that, Rich. Everything Uh, on social uh, is true. uh, Yeah, that's true. That is true. Ilo, thank you very much. (laughs) And you've officially heard it here first. If Loyola of Chicago loses today, it's Sister Jean's fault uh, because she she wore a button. Alright, coming to you live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figure it out which way is easier. Let's get him in here. We're going to do this every single Saturday at this time. Long time, great L.A. Times columnist Bill Plaschke joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Bill, uh, I'm sorry, I have to start here. Like, uh, it's very, very early. I don't care if a team hasn't won a game yet, but are the Dodgers going to score a run this year? What's going on out there? That's pretty amazing. The whole thing is just pretty stunning. But uh, what's I think the I think I think of course they're going to score one. That's all good. The offense is probably going to be fine. They're missing Justin Turner. Don't forget that. 
he'll be, you know, and he's the center of their lineup. He's their, you know, he's their big run producer. They're, they're, they're missing him. Um, but I think what's more concerning these first two games than the two scores is that Kenley Jansen got beat last night with a home run and his fastball, his cutter was like four or five miles an hour lower than normal. And that's a big deal. That's, and he said afterward, I'm sure you said to saw the story in the LA Times, he said, I don't care about the decreased velocity. But I think that's, that's the, uh, the first two games, my takeaway from the Dodgers is that the offense will be fine when Turner gets back. They're going to be fine anyway. Kershaw's great, like always. But Kenley Jansen, he's the whole key to the team. And, you know, the, for him to be throwing suddenly at that decreased velocity, you just got to wonder what's up. Yeah, when the cutter's not cutting, that's not good. Speaking of getting cut, um, we got to talk about the UCLA men's basketball opening, right, Bill? I mean, no, I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last week you fired, you fired, you, you fired, who'd you fire? You fired Enfield last week. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I mean, and, and who knows what happens this week. Uh, I, everybody's waiting with bated breath, but to uh, – to stay on, uh, to stay on LA for a moment, I want to talk about this fight for LA. You know, the Dodgers. I mean, they've cemented their her- heritage at the Ravine, but the Chargers and the Rams—they're fighting for camera time, and it feels like the Rams are really stealing a lot of it this offseason in free agency and obviously hosting a playoff game. Where are we at in that battle? Why aren't the Chargers resonating at all? Well, yeah, there is no battle right now. The Rams were well, there; they were here first. They were here a long time ago. They've, they've had the history here, you know, all that, blah, blah, blah. We, we talked about this ad, ad nauseum. And then what's happened since then is that the Chargers, they needed to get off to a good start. They went 0-4. They needed to make the playoffs. They didn't. So right now, they're still on the very fringes of the L.A. sports scene. I mean, I don't think people last year, and I was among them, people violently didn't want them to even be here. And I was among them saying we don't need them. I don't think people are like that anymore. But I just think people just don't really know they exist right now. And, uh, and the Rams, of course, making the playoffs is huge. Doing the offseason stuff is huge. Perhaps getting OBJ is huge. You know, the Rams are, are changing their image. They're getting more of a swagger to them. Uh, they're, you know, uh, they're appealing to, to the base Los Angeles fans. So the Rams are doing a lot more. And I'm not so sure what the Chargers, if they can do anything right now, except make the playoffs. They need to get in the playoffs. They need to be playing later than the Rams are playing. That needs to happen. You know, and and it's not so right now. There's just there's just not anything. I don't think people hate them like they did last year. They just don't really pay attention to them. Bill Plasky joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Bill, you mentioned the possibility of OBJ. If you got the Rams executives into a quiet room with no microphones and they knew it wouldn't get out, do you think the idea of pursuing Odell Beckham is really about winning football games, or is it more about selling PSLs? No, I think I think right now I think they know that winning's going to sell the PSLs, and I think they're all about the. Obviously, if they wanted to sell PSLs, they wouldn't have gotten these three guys who all have track records for being violent, you know, anti-social behavior. They have, you know, they they have a, a chance to become a real bad boy kind of team this year. And I don't think that sells PSLs, not in this town. No, I think they I think they want to win, and I think they will. That's what OBJ is on the table because I think McVeigh's shown that he can so far anyway, that he can handle any kind of presence in the locker room. We'll see now with Sue, you know, and Peters, you know, and uh, Akeem Tlaib. We'll see if those three guys, if, if, if they can handle them. No, I think they really do think, believe that winning will sell the PSLs. And I think that's, 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 and that's, all, the, that's all it's about. And they saw last year when they finally won, when they got to the playoffs, people started showing up. There was some buzz. I think they believe that. 
As we're speaking to you, Bill, we got the Angels game on the screen here in studio. They're visiting Oakland. It's bottom of the fifth. We're awaiting Shohei Otani's first appearance on the mound. That comes tomorrow with his first start ever in Major League Baseball. What would be a fair expectation for tomorrow, or do we have no idea? I think we have no I thank goodness if he can get four innings <laughs> out of four innings. I mean, we're seriously, look what he did in the spring. Remember, this guy pitched, he had five starts last year. He started five games in, since, two, since two years ago. Uh, he threw about two, and a, two, about two or three major league innings this spring. Uh, my expectations are in zero. I think he should be in the minor leagues. I told you guys that. So yeah. I, I think if they get four, goodness, if they get five innings out of him, they'll be throwing a party up there. I mean, I just don't know what to do. Already, you saw him offensively. He could have played in the second game last night, but he didn't. And you know, normally they're going to bend, they're going to keep him on the, on the bench in the dugout the day before and the day after he pitches. Yesterday was not that day, and yet he was already on the bench. Hmm. So I think they're, you know, I think they're positioning themselves to kind of start treating him like the 23 year old rookie he is. But uh, yeah, I don't know what to expect. It could he could blow up and just blow the Angels bullpen to, to shreds right away. I mean, I don't know. What do you all think? I just don't. Well, I've I, seen him. I've seen him. I don't know what the. I just think if they get five innings out of him, it's, it's like a World Series victory. Well, uh, let me. Yeah. You know, just uh, you know, knowing sports and understanding like the the true value of of not being seen. Like, not a lot of people know his stuff. So, I mean, the first outing maybe he surprises some folks at the plate, and he has a significant start, and it's something well, he to has build surprised- on. No, he has surprised people with how bad he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm serious. Right. You know, I know. Right. I know. What about your, the your stuff, Rich? Your stuff doesn't matter when it's a foot outside. Yeah. They're just going to yeah. take yeah. it yeah. and yeah. take a walk. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah. Overwhelmed. Yeah. And you're going to make so many excuses. I just think it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's worth missing Easter brunch for, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. <laughs> no, we did. We did say that, Bill. Is that it, baseball rarely, especially early in the season, gives you must see TV? I, I, I got. I got to see this. I've never said that about an Angels A's game before, uh, but I, I, I got to see this tomorrow. So uh, we'll check in with you again next week, Bill. Thank you That's so much. That's a great point. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, Bill Bill Plaschke, Fox Sports Radio, Mark and Rich, coming up next. Uh, he is the most underrated basketball player in the NBA, and this year he's finally doing his thing. We'll tell you who we're talking about coming up next. Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. All right, continuing on Fox Sports Radio, Mark and Rich. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Coming up top of the hour, we're going to dive into a uh, brand new game we'll play here on the show called Take It or Leave It. Mm. Uh, Yeah, we'll explain a little bit more on that coming up at the top of the hour. But uh, right now, uh, did you realize, like, List for me off the top of your head the top five records in the NBA right now. The top five records? Top five records, yeah. Top five teams right now in the NBA based on record. Uh, I would start with Golden State. Now, you want me to name the actual no, records? No, 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 no. And no or particular the order. No particular order, just, you know, who are the top five teams in the uh, in the NBA right now? Okay, I'm, I'm going to say the Warriors. Yep. The Celtics, I know, are up there in the East. <laughs> That's correct. I'm going to say the Toronto Raptors. Is, that is correct. 
the Rockets. Sure. There you go. Do you know the fifth team? No. Uh, yeah. Spurs? It's the Portland Trailblazers. And <laughs> it's it's actually pretty much a done deal that they're going to be the three seed in the West. The Portland Trailblazers. Wow. And I love this because, to me, the most underrated player in the NBA for a number of years now has been Damian Lillard. Yeah. And one of the reasons for it is being a point guard in the West, it's like you can be special and you're still not one of the three or four best guys. This is a great point. You know, in a conference that, especially once Harden went to point guard for a while and then Chris Paul is there and he joined him and there's Steph Curry and there's Russell Westbrook. Uh, and, you know, for a period of time, there was Tony Parker. He's now on the downside of his career. But then even go to a guy that, while he hasn't achieved much yet, from a name value standpoint, Lonzo Ball gets in the way as well. Damian Lillard is insane. I mean, absolutely incredible, insane point guard, basketball player. I, I look at the Blazers and I almost wonder this, if you could go back in time, knowing then what you know now, if LaMarcus Aldridge has decided to stay there as opposed to joining San Antonio and then Kawhi Leonard getting hurt and all of the drama that has ensued, I wonder if Portland wouldn't be a real contender well, right now. It's funny that it's the same guy because what they'd become is the Spurs of the Pacific Northwest. Nobody would know how great they are because you wouldn't see a lot of their games because, again, it's not the name worth in the West that you're really interested in putting on your television. Tuning in for that big Trailblazers-Milwaukee Bucks game, are you? No, probably not. But you'll see the Warriors play anybody. You'll watch the yep. Lakers when they're on television. You're right. It's tough sledding being in the West and being a great point guard and playing alongside some of those guys. I mean, or I should say some of those greats, not just guys. Um, This is the argument I've actually made about another Spurs player, Kawhi Leonard, in his recent scuttlebutt with his sponsor, Nike. Uh, He wants his own shoe. He wants more money. And I get it. And I mean, I get Nike for not wanting to do that. Because there's a difference between being a great player and a star. LeBron James is both. Steph Curry is both. James Harden is both. Both. But there are guys like Damian Lillard, who are incredible point guards. Kawhi Leonard, who can do it all. Maybe one of the, if not the best two-way player in the league right now. They're not stars. You know what's interesting, though? Kawhi, we get it. We go, oh, he's a spur. Spurs are always just kind of there. Um, that's the you know that's the personality of the organization. I don't know though. That's really Kawhi. I mean, look at now the first controversial story in his career, and still uh, no talking. There, there, there's just no talking. My gosh, the teachers must have loved that guy when he was a little kid. There is just no talking. <laughs> and by the that's way, not, that, that's <clears throat> not Lillard. Not, not Lillard. Yeah, Lillard. He's just more in, outspoken. Yeah, he's yeah. just in Portland. Yep. That's all. He's just in the Pacific Northwest. If Lillard was on a really good team. And Lillard was in more of a uh, a population center or a team that got more attention, and and who knows, maybe they're about to be that. Who knows what they do when they get into this tournament? Uh, but Lillard is a guy that I feel like his shoulders are broad enough to handle that star label if given the opportunity. Yeah, and and I will say this: he's he's ripe for that sort of plucking because 
if you look at what his interests are, isn't he a, a rap star also? Like he yes. he has tracks out there and he yes, has he interests. Does. Like don't we say similar things about Lonzo Ball and his mixtape that just dropped a month ago? Don't we? No, we don't <laughs> say the same thing because Lillard's is actually good. <laughs> right, but LeBron James has been in studio. KD has been in studio. These guys gravitate but towards either they create their own gravity or gravitate towards the stories in the NBA. I mean, KD was stuck in OKC behind uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, and he said, you know what, nope, I'm going to join the power that is owning the West right now, and I'm going to extend my brand. I'm going to podcast. I'm going to be the guy. Get ready because, I look, yeah, the Trailblazers can make some noise in the West, but aside from that, Damian Lillard might be upwardly mobile soon. Chris Broussard next hour, and I'm so glad you just brought up that name, Kevin Durant. You and I need to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. About Kevin Durant. And it's actually not about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant just happens to be the guy that brought this conversation to the forefront. I need a new rule with regard to ejections in sports. We've got that conversation coming up next. We've got Take It or Leave It coming up next. Chris Broussard next hour on Fox Sports Radio. Once again, we are 10 minutes away from something that has never happened in the history of our lives in sports. We are counting down to when a 98-year-old nun (laughs) takes over the sports world. Uh, That happens in just moments. Loyola, Chicago, Michigan. More on that in a second. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. I just saw this courtesy of our buddy R.J. Bell. Michigan is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite against Loyola. And uh, he, of course, you know, he's an expert. He's in Vegas. Numbers are different for those. It's kind of like golfers, right? Like, I can go out on a course and on a really good day maybe even break 80. But if you stuck me on a U.S. Open course – I'd be lucky to break a hundred. Like the, the 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 rough is up up at your knees, and you know the the course is a, a thousand yards longer than what we're used to playing. The pros are playing a different game. That's true in Vegas as well. America looks at that and goes, "Well, gee, do I think Michigan's going to win by more than five or not?" Meantime, an expert goes, "All right, where does the value sit? It's not about what yes. I think is going to happen. Yes, it's not about." Who's supposed to do what? It's simply a value play, and RJ's words on this are, there's no value. This is a no-bet game. He says there is no value on either side, in his opinion, which is probably the Sharps' opinion in Vegas, so no bet on this game for me. He does add, I'm rooting, though, for hashtag Sister G. Well, of course. Who is it? That's Who right. is it? Look, uh, the idea is when you go into a Vegas sports book, chances are you're going to either bet for or against the brands you know, right? So, like, you're going to watch, obviously, the Final Four, so you'll bet on all the action. I think that's a- another thing about this situation is Michigan – I mean, the Sharps, Loyal Chicago, the Sharp, they'll tell you pretty evenly matched as far as the type of basketball they play. But as far as the line goes, that always can be heavily influenced by how much action one side is seeing over the other. So if a brand is succeeding in selling what they're selling themselves as far as a betting proposition, it can skew the numbers. I would, I would stay away from this too. I have no idea how it's going to pan out. 
but I am so excited to see the outcome. And again, and we talked about this earlier in the show, what a, what a missed opportunity having it be the early game. I don't know how Saturday viewing normally goes, but I understand typically when you go to a concert on, say, a Saturday, uh, the right. headliner plays <laughs> right. second. Yeah, That's right. The headliner does come second. Although, as I said earlier, geez, by the time this second game tips off, you're looking at 8.30, 9 o'clock on the East Coast on a Saturday night. Um, maybe people will go out and watch it at bars, restaurants. I don't know. Uh, who knows exactly which markets will do what with these games, but there's no question. If you told me, hey, there's only one of these that you get to watch, I'm picking the one that's going to be tipping off shortly. We'll keep you up to date. Loyola of Chicago, an 11 seed against Michigan, a three seed. We'll get to this Durant thing in just a minute, and it's really not about Durant. He was just a good example of it. Chris Broussard will join us in 25 minutes. Uh, But we've also got something we're going to do at 3 o'clock in the West, 6 in the East, every single Saturday. And it's called none other than Take It or Leave It. Producer Gavin is going to find a story or two, very debatable topic that is out there during the week. And then we're going to either take it or leave it. Gavin, what do you got for us today? All right, guys. Now, to kick it off, I thought for two guys who spend the week in San Diego talking plenty of Chargers football, this would be the perfect take it or leave it to start off with. So so Ryan Leaf this Thursday was on The Herd with Colin Cowherd. And he was talking about Sam Darnold and the Browns' decision and who they're going to take at number one. And he gave a unique take about why Sam Darnold should do everything possible to not get drafted by the Browns. I don't want anybody to be a bust. I want them to be successful. Right. And there's no evidence to show me that Cleveland is going to be successful. It's a place where quarterbacks go to die. How many quarterbacks in the last, you know, 27 quarterbacks in the last 10 years? Some of them, like, like Tim Couch was really Brady Quinn. Ta- like talented guys. Yes, and... This is my perspective. If I were Sam Darnold and I have this leverage right now and I know I'm going to be the first round in the first pick in the NFL draft, I'm going to my agent and I'm saying, figure out a way for me not to go to Cleveland. Eli Manning this for me. Tell me this. If he goes there and they triple their win total this year, right, and they win three games next year, yeah. how is Hugh Jackson not get fired? He will. Right. So now you have a new head coach, and a new probably system. a new system, and now you're behind the eight ball even more. Everybody talks about what a great guy he is, personable, blue-collar. But don't let that get in the way of you being successful. I don't know if you have the collateral behind you to do something like John Elway or Eli Manning did, and the scrutiny that comes upon it is so much larger now. Yeah. What if he just plays five years there and it's just mediocre because they never win? Whoa. Sizzling take from Ryan Leaf. Oh, my God. Ryan Leaf's advice on on not being a draft bust is questionable because he – well, I, 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 yeah, I think. Yeah. What does he know about being a draft <laughs> bust? But I want to hear you guys. Are you going to take that or leave it? You know, here's my take is the Browns are off in a different direction than they ever have been because it all circles around one guy, John Dorsey. Uh, he's the new GM. He's the one who's spending a lot of that draft capital that former GM, Sashi Brown, put together for the Browns. And everybody's been excited about some of the acquisitions he's already made. He's got a problem at the offensive line. He's still got work to do in the draft. But they have to get this quarterback situation figured out first and foremost, and I think he will. During his time with Green Bay, they had something like 11 of 13 seasons double-digit wins. During his first year with the Kansas City Chiefs off a 2-14 and season 
They went 11 wins the next year with him and Andy Reid at the helm. I like Hugh Jackson enough as an offensive-minded coach. He's got a short lease. I love John Dorsey as the GM, so I think Sam Darnold would be fine out there. Sam Darnold is a Brown, and Sam Darnold should be a Brown. I'm going to leave this. There's no way I'm taking this because if you take this, you believe in laundry. I don't believe in laundry. I believe in people. Let me give you some examples. The Cubs have won the World Series. The Warriors are about to potentially go to the finals for the fourth consecutive year. That was a place where all basketball players went to die (laughs) for the better part of a generation. Now it's the top-selling jersey by far, especially when you couple all of their players together. The Cavaliers have won a championship in the last couple of years and are home to maybe the greatest basketball player ever. The Indians are good, and we're about to sit down and watch Loyola of Chicago in the Final Four. Sports is not about laundry. It's not about organizations being the exact same from year to year. Different people will come in, and over time, all organizations will have good years and bad years. But uh, the ones that have more bad than good are simply not blessed with good luck and good people, but at a certain point, they're going to turn it around. And I definitely think the Browns are going to be that this year. And oh, by the way, Darnold may not get saddled with, oh gosh, I had to learn Hugh Jackson's system and then they fired him and now I got to go with a new coach. I'm not convinced Darnold's even going to play this year. I think that's why Tyrod Taylor is Hmm. there. I think Tyrod Taylor probably is going to start the year as the quarterback for the Browns, and Sam Donald is going to be there, and as soon as it makes sense to stick him in there, they'll do that. That was the Eagles' plan with Carson Wentz, and then life took over and he took over right away. But it's going to take some time, but I'm with you, Rich. I leave this. The right people are in place. I think the Browns are going to be good within the next few years. I would take it as a, as a USC fan. I do not want to see Sam Darnold's career go down the drain. <laughs> so I'd be completely fine with him fighting. Uh, look at you fighting on yeah, over there. A, yeah, there's, uh, there's no <laughs> – look, Darnold could go to the Giants at number two, and uh, the year could look just like last year did. Yeah, you never know. I, it's true. You really never know. I mean, you could guess. Sometimes you could take a pretty good stab at it. We, we figured the Browns were going to be bad last year, and, boy, did they – did they deliver? Um, but I, I definitely think with Dorsey at the helm, it's going to look a lot different this season. There you go. Now, take it or leave it. We're going to be doing that every week. This time, we'll probably have about three takes a week. We'll be getting your guys' opinion on. Maybe I'll grade them. Maybe I won't. We'll see how it goes. Oh, but that was a good little go. trial run. Well, okay. Yeah. Good stuff Yo. there. All right. Yo. They call that I an appetizer where I'm from. I haven't been uh, graded since 1997, <laughs> but I'm up for it. A delicious hors d'oeuvre, if Ooh. you will. <laughs> there Finger you go. Foods. All right. Yes. Um, Mark and Rich uh, with you here on Fox Sports Radio. Chris Broussard in 20 minutes. We got we to gotta talk about this because we're going to talk to Chris about it as well. So uh, I watched this earlier this week, and – Everybody get ready to yell about Willard the Warrior Hong. Oh, here we go. There's a huge piece of me that wishes this had happened to somebody else so that you'd actually hear what I was about to say. Well, yeah, because because you would never want to. Of course you want it to happen to somebody else because it was KD. No, my point is I wish it had happened to somebody else because I'd have the exact same take and maybe you'd take it differently. So everybody's going to sit here and go, oh, here goes uh, Warrior Willard, uh, and uh, he's defending his Warriors. Uh, But Kevin Durant should not have been thrown out of the game the other night. And, in fact, 
Nobody in that position should ever be thrown out of a sporting event. I've gotten to a point where I'm tired of referees and umpires waltzing into an arena or a field with an attitude and a chip already on their shoulder before arrival. Think of an umpire when somebody sort of even looks at them to question a ball or a strike. They rip the mask off and step toward the batter and look at them like, excuse me? Yeah. How dare you even speak to me? Hey, bub, we ain't here to see you. We are here to see the players. And so here's my rule of ejections going forward, at least if I were the commissioner of any of these sports. There are three ways to get thrown out of a game. Number one, fight. Physical fighting with each other, that will get you tossed. Number two, make contact with the referee or the umpire. Number three, your arguing is prolonged. In other words, I teed you up and then I run away because that's my job as a ref. Get the hell out of there and let the emotional guy have his space. And you chase me down to the other end of the court and for five minutes continue to yell at me, Now I'm going to tee you up again, and now you're gone. So the arguing is prolonged. But never, never should words alone, and I don't care how profane they are, this is big boy sports, never should words alone lead to an immediate double-tap technical throwing a star out of a game that I paid to come see. Well, I, I totally agree and understand to the certain degree this idea that stars shouldn't be ejected or should be held to a different standard because it's true. I I mean, and it, and it, I'd be arguing with myself if I argued the fact that sports should be considered entertainment first, because that's what you're doing. I mean, if, if you consider it more important than that, you're a player or a coach, everybody else should consider it entertainment, including the referees. They should be aware of what they're doing when they're handling a star. And I think in this circumstance, That referee was. Uh, Let me just rewind the clock and talk about the season that has been for Kevin Durant already. (laughs) Up until this point, he's been ejected one time. That's a decade worth of basketball, one time. This season alone, five. Yep. Exponential growth in this habit. (laughs) He's a little mad. I'm going to say that something else is going on with Kevin Durant and potentially the Warriors this season. I think we can all sort of see that. Steve Kerr rarely loses his cool. I saw him take a timeout to berate referees. So this is a top-down situation going on with the Warriors, and I'm not exactly sure why. I think the injuries have frustrated them. I think that the narrative outside of the Warriors' locker room could potentially be penetrating this core that they built. Um, But whatever it may be, I will remind you of a player named Rasheed Wallace who Mm -hmm. constantly got teed up, constantly got ejected. Referees were on watch. They watched the guy because they understood the path he was on. They understood the type of player he was. They understood the fireball he could become. Uh, Ron Artest, very similar, meta world piece, whatever he called. That was a very similar player to that extent. You had to watch him. Kevin Durant has rifled himself to the top of the list of players that you have to watch if you're a referee because he's become fiery. He's become indignant when he is uh, questioned or when he believes that there was either a questionable call on him or a no call that was questionable. 
And and this is becoming a continuation uh, game to game. So referees watch film too. They understand the players that they need to watch and warn. And Kevin Durant, we don't understand the context, may have been warned earlier in the game by the referee like, hey, say something to me again. We're going to be teeing you up. He not only went at him one time and caught a technical, he then turned around to the other ear and went after him again. He deserved to leave the floor because he was out of control. And that's what the referees are there for, to make sure the players on the court, in the field of play, on the diamond, are operating within the rules of, of, of civil play. Okay, Chris Broussard will join us coming up in 15 minutes. Until then, we want to hear from you. Are words alone ever enough to throw someone out of a game, especially someone you just paid your hard-earned money to go see? 877-99 on Fox is the number. Much more to say here. We'll take your calls next. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Chris Broussard in a few. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. So here's what I think you've tapped into on the Warriors, and then we'll go to the phones on this idea of should words alone ever be enough to throw a player out of a ball game? I think it's funny. Players can say whatever the hell they want to each other. I mean, my gosh, have you ever been down close in an NBA game? It's not for the faint of heart. And I'm sure it's even worse in football in the trenches where you used to play, Rich. Oh, come on. So the idea that a ref suddenly is like, oh, I'm sorry, you cannot call me that word. That is a bad word. You've been technicaled. Uh, You're out of here. Get out of here with that stuff. Okay, but listen. Thick skin. This is a thick skin world right There was a game where I almost punched a ref. Like, okay, so like it's a pylon. Everybody is getting physical with one another. And all of a sudden, (laughs) I got got, – I got my hands around someone, and I was rearing back, and the the referee thankfully was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" And I'm yeah. just, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> gee, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, bu-. I'm like, hey, buddy, I almost socked you, and like, yeah, and, and he kind of gave me one of those smiles, like, you better not, and I'm just like, all right, all right, I'll go back over there. Like, it's amazing how quickly things can get disarmed with certain personalities. Sure. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, that that's by you the know, way, though, I know you, and that's your personality. I don't think that's the norm with athletes. Look, a lot of guys play with a really angry streak. And, and by the way, this gets to the point I think you're tapping into with the Warriors. Like, why has Kevin Durant been ejected more than twice as many times this year as the rest of his career all put together? Why has Steve Kerr looked a little bit more chippy? When did Draymond Green really become Draymond Green? He wasn't like that at the beginning of all this. No, right. Even Steph Curry a few years in started throwing mouthpieces, and he used to be America's sweetheart in the form of a man. Yep. So, listen – Why is this all happening? I think that this comes with the territory of what they entered into. Back at the beginning of this, they were milk and cookie and the first time uh, ever to the party, and they were the Warriors franchise that was never any good. But when you you go into a fishbowl like they went into, this is what it becomes because everybody is gunning for you. It's every arena's biggest night of the year. And and everybody's saying everything they can about you on social media and beyond – have they become a more sensitive bunch? Let me no, no question. Let me let me no tell you question. something. You know who's to blame for all of this? 
And we'll get to the phones in a second. We see you there. Uh, I want to hear what what side people are on, my side or Mark's side, as far as players getting ejected for words. Because I do think there comes a point where a player needs to be removed from a game, even if he's just using his mouth. I, I Look, the same way you're paying to see a pro show up and play the game, I'm also not bringing my kid to watch a grown man berate another grown man wearing a different <laughs> colored shirt. It's just like it's not the sport, so there comes a point. But – Aside from that, the guy who's in charge is Steve Kerr. Bill Belichick is running a dynasty. Bill Belichick has, from the jump, made himself hated by the media because he doesn't give them anything. He doesn't let his players give them anything. It's a very closed-minded, exclusive approach. We don't care what you have to say. We're the Patriots. The Warriors, they're talking politics. Their, their players are dancing. They're showing up on Ellen. You know, these guys are affable human beings. They want to be liked. When you are trying to be liked, you're making yourself vulnerable. Well, Steve Kerr, you, Steph you Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant are too sensitive to avail themselves so much opportunity to be this vulnerable because they're not built like villains. They're just not. They want to be universally liked, not hated. Well, when you're a dynasty... It, I'm sorry. At some point, it crosses over. You can't always be liked. And like the Patriots, what they've been built for is longevity at the top because they don't care if they're hated because they were hated from the it, jump. It's a little bit different because if the Patriots lined up without their uniforms on, America could look at them and probably name about three or four of them. Um, and you know that. At the NFL and the NBA, in terms of marketability, the individuals – uh, that's a very, very different conversation. I get what you're saying, though. Let's go to Nick. Uh, Nick in uh, North Dakota joining us, Mark and Rich. Hi, Nick. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, it's, it's Luke, by the way. But anyway, uh, Kevin Durant needs to shut, just needs to shut up. Um, at least the other guys, Steph, Draymond, Clay, and them boys, they came up with the team. They made it into what it is now. Uh, Kevin shows up and becomes part of a team that was already legendary, one of the most winningest teams of all time. And now he thinks he can run his mouth. Like you said, he, uh, he, he got ejected five, like, twice as many times this year as the rest of his career when he was grinding in OKC. Wasn't saying anything, just coming up, making himself a star. Oh, and now on. he Luke, wants to. Luke, 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 wait, Luke, Luke, wait, Luke, Luke, there's a major flaw in your point right out of the gate. It's clear that you didn't like Kevin <laughs> Durant's well, move. Let me ask this question. Luke, who, who's your favorite basketball player? Let's start there. I don't necessarily have a favorite basketball player. Player, I just enjoy the sport, and I I, I don't like who, Durant taking the easy way out. Who would out you of, who, 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 clearly? Who would you pay? Who would you pay the most money to go and watch basketball current day? Uh, LeBron James. Okay, he's the best player there. Is. Okay, so this is perfect. All right, so LeBron James. <laughs> uh, LeBron James. This is getting more ridiculous as it goes. No, listen, LeBron James is on the court. Uh, sure. uh, a foul is not called on LeBron James. He runs over the referee, and you can hear him shouting while the the, the rest of his oh, team's no, going no, no. down to play defense, shouting at the referee, berating him, and he gets double-teched and tossed. Are you sitting there complaining that your favorite player, the guy you came and paid ticket to watch, got tossed? Or are you saying, no, that makes sense. He was wrong. No, I'm just saying it's been a, it's, it's been a change in the attitude from his, uh, his time in OKC compared to now. Like, like you said, he only got ejected a couple times his whole career in OKC. Now he's he's come up, he's been to the top of the mountaintop, and now he's going to start running his mouth. I just don't, Luke, I don't like Luke, it. 
Luke, it's super clear. You hate Durant and you don't like <laughs> don't, you don't yeah, like yeah, what yeah, he did. Yeah. And that's fi- and that's fine. <laughs> okay. There there are millions you know in your bucket with you and that is totally fine, but you know where he lost me? Luke's like, uh, you know, Kevin should not run his mouth. That guy Draymond, he's fine. Uh, but but Kevin, I'm like, whoa, dude! Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this argument's not gonna wash. If you don't like Durant, fine. You don't like Durant. Yeah. And that's again, it's why listen, I wish we're here for that too. If you you know eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, if you want to call and just vent about your hatred for Kevin Durant too, listen, I guess this, you could do that as well. This is why I wish <laughs> that it had been a different player. Because I truly would have the exact same opinion. Um, None of Durant's decisions from Oklahoma City have anything to do with this. They just don't. No, 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 no. They they have nothing to do with this. They they do, and I'll tell you why they do. Uh, Because he made that decision. And every time he goes back to Oklahoma City, he's called a cupcake. And people are holding up signs. But that has nothing to do with my point. Hang on. But but that has nothing to do with my point. My point is not about that. He's become a target with well, the referees. Sure. Well, that's that's my point. Well, no, 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 no. You, you can't be a target of referees because you made a free agent no, decision. No, no. It's the sensitivity that is now out there. Durant is playing a different game than he was when he was a Thunder or a member of the Thunder than now as a Warrior. You're right. He goes to the finals now. Well, yes. But aside from that, look, he's the same great player. I always, I always marveled at his game at seven feet tall, the way he's able to shoot and then drive and ball hand. All of it is fantastic, but the personality has changed. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He argues fouls. He gets physical. Uh, it's it's a different Kevin Durant. You just you just described Kobe Bryant, by the way. And, you also just described Michael Jordan. And you and you know uh, what? Kobe. But but how but how often did those guys get ejected because they were berating <laughs> officials? No, no, they didn't, and they were just as bad, oh, if not come worse. On. Wasn't even close. No, oh, they were. They were not even there. close. Kobe Bryant, Michael kidding? Jordan, bad examples because they both had thicker skin than Kevin Durant ever will. Those guys no, were vilified. They yelled at, they yelled at refs oh, just as much, no. and the refs would never throw those not, guys not, out. I mean, Broussard, Broussard, get in here in just a second. <laughs> Let's get to Ilo for the update. Mark and Rich, the final four is underway as Michigan has a 12-6 lead over Loyola of Chicago with 11 minutes and counting remaining in the first half, but the Ramblers have started the game 2 out of 12 from the field. Michigan not too much better. They're 5 out of 15 for 33%. Five early points each for Mo Wagner and Charles Matthews of the Wolverines. Again, Michigan a 12-6 lead over Loyola of Chicago, 10-39 and counting in the first half in the first national semifinal of the Final Four. That's followed at 8-49 Eastern by Kansas facing Villanova. On the Major League Baseball scoreboard, the Blue Jays have a 4-3 lead over the Yankees with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. Tyler Austin, two home runs today for the Yankees. NBA Wizards guard John Wall returned to action today after missing two months due to knee surgery and racked up 15 points and 14 assists in 33 minutes at a 14-point win over the Hornets as the Wizards clinched a playoff berth. Pelican center Anthony Davis posted a video today that appeared to show him shaving off his iconic unibrow, but social media quick to claim that it could just be an April Fool's joke. We'll find out one way or another tomorrow for real when the Pelicans face the Thunder. And by the way, 9.50 left to play now in the first half, a 12-8 lead for Michigan over Loyola. Guys? All right, Ilo, thank you very much. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. 
Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. You know, we hosted a show on Fox Sports Radio for for like a year, uh, and uh, I only lasted a week before uh, I'm like, call Chris. We're going to have Chris back on. So uh, here he is, Chris Broussard. Of course, you know him. That's right, FS1. And, of course, he's with Rob Parker now on Sundays, the odd couple um, from, let's see if I can do this right, 3 to 6 Pacific, 6 to 9 in the East on Sundays, Fox Sports Radio. Chris, great to have you on. So what do you think about this? We're sitting here having a 10-ton argument. Uh, by the way, it's been going on for three days between me and Rich. That's correct. It's I, been I, to I, the th- text <laughs> message and the Twitter and the everything, Chris. Yeah, uh, I think Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant should not have been thrown out the other night. To me, ejections in sports should be limited to A, fighting, B, making contact with an official or umpire, or C, arguing that is prolonged. Just because your words may be really harsh, I never think you should double tap, especially a star, out of the game right away. What do you think? Well, first of all, it's great to hear your voice, man. It's good to be on with you. Uh, <laughs> yes, my new my new partner is very odd. He's the yes. odd part yeah. of the couple. <laughs> he's it's he's nuts, him, by so, the way. You know, yeah. yeah, it's great to have sanity, a voice of sanity on the other end. But And, and Rich, of course, you as well. Um, I Look, Kevin Durant was wrong. I mean, yeah. he, he, he went after the official and went after him twice, and that's why he got ejected with the two technicals. However, I do think you bring up a great point, Mark. I, I don't agree with you totally about, like, players should never be ejected and things like that. But, I mean, I think the refs have to give the players, especially, especially superstars, more leeway. Now, this was a late-season game that really didn't mean anything so it's not that big of a deal, although I was disappointed because I wanted to see Durant and Giannis go at it. But, you know, if this, if this had been a really meaningful regular season game or, God forbid, a playoff game, then it's a whole different ball game. And teams are upset. Fans are upset. You're ruining the product because fans want to see the start. So I think in this instance with Durant, the official called the first tee. I'm sure Durant deserved it. Then I think he's got to say to Durant, even in the, in the midst of Durant's cursing, because the officials are supposed to be the bigger people. They really are. They're supposed to be the adults on the court, if you will. And he's got to say to Durant, look, Kevin, I got you. Let's cool out. Let it go. Let's move on. You keep up. I'm going to have to eject you. And then at that point, if Durant keeps going on, then you can, you know, do something. But I don't think just turning your back and taking a step away is enough. I think you need to say something. And talking to players, what they tell me, this whole thing with the refs nowadays, is that the older refs, they would talk to you. Sometimes it was humorous, but even sometimes when it was serious, it was they would say things like that, like, look, let it go, Charles, let it go, like, you know, I'm going to have to kick you out, give you a second take, or just, just let it go, or they have thicker skin. These guys nowadays don't tend to, at least a lot of them, talk as much with the players, explain things to them, or hear their point of view. They are just quick to give you a T and then eject you. And, again, Durant was wrong, especially knowing the rules, knowing that the refs are, I think, going after him because – you know, he said a couple months ago they're targeting him. 
and you know they don't like that. That's just human nature. And so he's got to be better, but at the same time, I think the refs do as well. I do think, though, Chris, and Chris Broussard joining us on Fox Sports Radio, there, there is an aspect of having to do business the way business is being done. And if the NBA is folding this way more, where you got to keep it more polished on the court, they should listen. But I'm used to seeing these Warriors dance and smile and sideline celebrate and strut, and now I'm seeing fighting and injuries and ejections and timeouts called to argue bad calls by Steve Kerr. The top of the West is starting to look shaky. Is there good reason for concern? I think there is. I mean, I I got to be honest. That I, I'm taking Steph Curry's injury into account. If the Warriors were healthy, even despite all the frustrations they're showing and the things you brought up, I still would favor them. But I'm assuming Steph, we know he's going to be out the first round, according to Steve Kerr. I'm thinking he's not coming back 100%. Um, and I, I think Houston, I mean, I, I – I'm saying the West is a toss-up between Houston and Golden State right now. Houston's playing tremendous basketball. We, and, and if they don't have Steph at darn near 100%, I think the Warriors could suffer a loss. Um, if, if he's not there, I don't think they can win the championship because he's that critical to the team. So, yeah, and I will say this as well. While I think they would certainly, they will certainly win the first round without Steph, it could be very tough. I mean, who knows what the deal is with Kawhi Leonard? It looks like he probably won't be back. But what if he comes back and you meet San Antonio? What if you meet OKC in the first round? They haven't played well, but they get up for the Warriors. That'd be very emotional, and their athleticism is, makes them you know, a, a potentially very good team. Um, Utah has won like 23 of his last 28, including a 30-point blowout of a healthy Warriors team uh, a few months ago. So I think there could be some very – it could be a tough first round for the Warriors. I could throw in New Orleans as well. I mean, the West is going to be tough if you're not healthy in that first round, and that's going to be the case for the Warriors. Sorry, joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Chris, I'm getting real interested in the process uh, I watched your boy Ben Simmons last night, and it's not just that he played well and did it without Joel Embiid. You know how at the end of the college basketball or football season you'll hear coaches say, my freshmen are now sophomores. They've yeah, played a yeah. year. Ben yeah. has an air about him like, this is all moving really slow for me now. I get it. I'm the guy that's controlling this on the floor. He looks fantastic. And I'm wondering if they're not about to make a little bit of noise in this postseason. Yeah, I, I'm sure you and I have talked about this before. He is the closest thing I've ever seen to Magic Johnson. And that includes Penny Hardaway and, you know, Grant Hill or anybody else. You want LeBron James, any of them. Because Mag, Magic was not a great outside shooter. He had a nice set shot, but he really wasn't a great outside shooter. But he was a, he still could score. People shouldn't be mistaken and think Magic wasn't a scorer. He averaged 19 for his career. That's what Ben Simmons is. He looks to get everybody involved before himself. He doesn't take a lot of shots like Magic didn't take a lot of shots. But he can score. He shoots over 50% from the floor. I actually would like him to, to see him shoot a little bit more, especially with Embiid out. But I'm with you on the Sixers. If Embiid were healthy, 
and hopefully he'll be back in two weeks and be able to play in the first round, I actually think they can get to the conference finals, assuming they avoid Cleveland until the conference finals. Wow. I, I, I don't know that I'd pick them over Toronto. I'd want to see each team in the first round how they look. But right now, you know, I think they're four. Toronto's one. They meet in the, in the uh, second round. I, I give them a great chance. I mean, let's face it. You, of those two teams, now we can say DeRozan and Lowry, or at least DeRozan may be the best player, maybe, in that series. Maybe. Um, just because of his experience and the inexperience of the Philly guys. But going forward, the two best players in that series would be on Philadelphia. And yep. I, I think Embiid's already the best big man in the league. And they have nothing in Toronto to deal with him. I like Valanchunas, but they, they don't know how to deal with him. And so um, I'm with you. I think Philadelphia, I would not be surprised at all to see Cleveland-Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. Woo! That would be uh, that would be fun. Hey, Chris, uh, this was fun too. Appreciate you doing it, man. All right, guys. Anytime. I enjoyed it. All right, it's Chris Broussard, odd couple with him and that crazy nut man Rob Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Coming right, up tomorrow. Rob, Rob's good people. Rob's oh, he's good great people. people. I wouldn't say that if he wasn't, but, but he's crazy. But yeah, as he's no, nuts. no, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's used to me saying it right to his face, actually. He's a man. Um, that's at uh, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 in the East, coming up tomorrow. Now Sundays on Fox Sports Radio. All right, more time for your calls on this Durant ejection issue um, on Fox Sports Radio. Mark and Rich coming up next. Plus, I got to read a tweet that just got sent to us about this issue because it will be interesting to you for sure. That's next. All right, great news, you people. A quick way you can save some money, switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to your calls in just a sec. Check this out, though, Rich. Uh, David just tweeted at us, uh, and this was after my point made on social media, that an ejection like Durant's should never happen. Ejections should be reserved for three things. One, physical fighting. Two, Contact with a ref, three prolonged arguing, leading to a double technical. Words alone are never enough for me. David says, celebrity doesn't excuse belligerence. (laughs) Every player in every sport in every corner of the world is taught to never tangle with officials. There are too many young eyes watching to allow jawing with the refs. You know what? It's funny. I got three little kids myself. And so normally a point like that would resonate with me. And I do think there are times I see things in sports where I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, but this uh, time you know, it's different because it well, was no, a warrior no, player. No, that's just not one of them. That's <laughs> no, not no, one of them. I'll give you an example. Okay, go ahead. And, this is, and here's where I wonder where David's coming from. Because an arguing with a ref, for me, is nothing compared to doing something I did once without even thinking about it, and it was you know, my 11-year-old son. This was probably at least four or five years ago. So consider him you know, six, seven okay. years Got old. It. And we went to a, 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 an NHL game, and we weren't even halfway through the first period before I looked at myself, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Because two guys are on the ice in front of us wailing on one another's faces – I mean wailing. And what do the refs do in hockey in that case? 
<laughs> All right, boys, sort it out. Sort just, it out. Just sort of hang in the area. We'll be here to collect the teeth. <laughs> and we expect them to be cold. I mean, it's bananas. So now we don't want Kevin Durant yelling because young eyes are watching. However, these are the same people tweeting us who buy Conor McGregor fights and put on NHL games where people's faces get rearranged mid-game. I'm sorry. This isn't doing that for me. I I, I don't look at – especially if I'm watching on TV, they can't hear what he's saying. He's being demonstrative. It doesn't look all that different from any basketball player in an NBA game. Well, here's two things. One, I think, first of all, I I would never argue about what happened on the court being acceptable or not because it isn't because the referee deemed it wasn't. And uh, part of sport is subjectivity. And I know this really grates on people's nerves when I go down this rabbit hole, but sorry, refereeing is a part of what makes sports great. Now, I'm not showing up to see the guys in black and white ruin (laughs) games. That sucks. But what I am interested in is seeing a good, well-called, well-executed game from all standpoints. A referee can infringe on your enjoyment of the game. There's no question about it. But bad play can too. If sure. your if your team is getting just absolutely mobbed in the lane and there are no calls, that's not fun because that's not part that's not that's not part of the game any longer. You know, you, you're not getting away with those hard fouls anymore. The game has changed; it's changed away from that. So if if it's a decidedly one sided call game or if it's just a game that's not being called particularly well, that ruins it. But when a ref does a good job, I give credit where credit's due. I mean, the rest of that game, I mean, to everyone's, to everyone's uh, 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 account, it, it, that was the only questionable call on the floor. And KD didn't get tossed because of the initial uh, uh, argument. He got tossed because of what he said, how close in proximity to the referee's face he said it, and the fact that he came to the other ear and gave him more. Uh, look, I support the decision to toss the guy because – he broke the rules, and you need those to play a game. Well, I think it's interesting, though, what Broussard just said to us about how the older refs, uh, they, they certainly um, they allow more, and, and they'll talk more, and there's more of a give and take there as to where at least the perception amongst NBA players right now is that the younger refs are a little bit quicker on the trigger. So what are the rules? I mean, what you just said I get, but it's kind of like a catch in the NFL until this year. What is a catch? What is the the line as far as what you can say to a ref? I I have no idea at this point. Um, All right, Mark and Rich will continue to take your calls, 877-99 on Fox. And also, coming up next, what do you hear what's going on in Texas right now? All right, into our final hour live. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. On car insurance, geico.com. For a free rate quote, all kinds of stuff to get into. Should OBJ be a Ram? What is Shohei Otani going to look like tomorrow? Rhett Lewis, NFL Network, is going to join us in less than 30 minutes as well. But I tell you what one of my favorite things in sports is, Rich, and maybe it's why I ended up in this job. I don't know. But I really love narrative busting. It's it's just one of my favorite things because I think there's so many things that we fall into – that lack context, and therefore we think certain things or say certain things, and then uh, as we grow or as they be, get proven incorrect, uh, that's that's how we learn. That's how it all gets better. 
And so when you've got an 11 seed that goes to the Final Four, the rule is, oh, well, I mean, fun little ride, but it's not like they're going to compete when they get there. <laughs> right. We've seen it. I was at the Final Four when George Mason got oh, there. Oh, yeah, you and told me, yeah. Got absolutely crushed. I mean, the first <laughs> half was over like, well, that was just, what a waste of time that was. It's a new age, and it's halftime, and Loyola of Chicago's up by seven. This is a narrative buster. Mid-majors are here to stay. You and I said it off the top. We said at minimum this was going to be a close game. If you watch Loyola of Chicago play, you realize they probably share the ball, play team basketball, selfless style better than anyone I've seen in this tournament so far. And Michigan is not physically overwhelming anyway. Uh, I knew they were going to be in this game. You knew they were going to be in yep. this game. And, Rich, they are in this game. Well, yeah, and th- and this first half played out similar to how I thought it would. Uh, these are two pro- opponents who haven't seen each other, don't know much about each other. There's a lot of nerves on this stage. And Michigan, like Loyola Chicago, struggled to make shots early. But I think everybody settled in in the final 10 minutes of the half, and we're seeing what's revealing itself is Loyola Chicago belongs. They belong um, to a degree that we really probably haven't seen out of a mid-major all that often in a while, and it makes perfect sense to what you're talking about. These one-and-dones over the span of time that they have really kind of cooked their way through college hoops, there isn't enough continuity among a lot of rosters to to truly – uh, 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 be that that team working, everything running on a top, the plays are smooth, the defense communicates type team because realistically, when you're only dealing with a matter of months to get these players primed to play next to one another, it, it's not enough time to gel. Loyola Chicago has been spoiled with time because most of these guys, as we know, in most mid-major programs, aren't going anywhere for the next four years. They look good, man. They look really good. They don't only look like they belong, but in watching this, uh, I'm realizing something about myself, and that is, man, I really want them in that game on Monday night. Oh, it's yeah. nothing It's nothing against Michigan, no. but it's the same question that I asked you off the top of the show when we were mentioning what happened to the UConn women last night, and it's another narrative buster where people were like, oh, UConn women – Bad for women's basketball. Too dominant. No, actually, you're not interested when they're not there. So much so, nobody has any idea who Notre Dame is playing tomorrow night, and nobody's going to watch because UConn's not in it. And the same thing goes here, where I I, I just, in my own heart, as I'm watching this game and thinking about, uh, am I more likely to watch this game with a real interested eye I mean, I'm going to watch either way. I'm in Sports Talk Radio. But am I going to watch with a real interested eye on Monday night if it's Michigan versus the winner of tonight's game or Loyola of Chicago versus the winner of tonight's game? And it's it's not close. It's that The answer is not close. I am so much more emotionally drawn to a game on Monday night that will include this Loyola of Chicago team uh, as opposed to anybody else who might have been in their way. You know, but to be fair – like the thought process does cross my mind that the other side of the bracket does help Loyola Chicago out. Uh, my my look, I, there's no question I agree with you, and I want to see Loyola Chicago play in Monday night's championship game 
But imagine on the other side of the bracket, it was another school you've never heard of playing against <laughs> Loyola Chicago. Right. That 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 final would be missing something. Uh, and sure. Never heard of. I I feel similarly about this year's Super Bowl that just passed. So Nick Foles, a backup quarterback, somebody who had been really forgotten, you know, in relative obscurity ever since he had left Philadelphia the first time around, floated around with the St. Louis Rams before then became the L.A. Rams and then cast it off to back up in, in, uh, in Philadelphia once more. He rose to the occasion. But if it was him against you know, the also ran on the AFC, you'd be like, ooh, weak, weak draw Super Bowl 52. But because it was the Patriots? Yes. Because it was a backup quarterback against Tom Brady? You're right. That was the storyline everybody was yearning for. So if it's Loyola Chicago against, you know, uh, I don't know, Sisters of the, the Blind, uh, Southeast Illinois, whatever – you're not going to be as interested as Villanova, you know, Loyola, Chicago, Kansas, yes, Loyola, you know. So uh, I, I'm I'm happy that the matchup they're going to draw is the the David versus Goliath look. Well, if they get there, a long way to go. Yes, I agree with you. They are up by seven, twenty nine, twenty two at the break. And, and listen, uh, I said it off the top of the show. What am I going with? I'm going with Loyola, Chicago against Villanova in that game. Villanova is. Not just a one seed, they're the one seed. Villanova's the top seed in this tournament. Uh, Villanova going into the tournament, I think, as far as Vegas was concerned, was the second favorite, second most likely uh, to win the overall thing. So you're really talking about not just any one seed, but the one seed. And while they may not be, uh, even as a blue blood, they're not the name that a Duke or a North Carolina is, they're still Villanova. So the idea that this... Uh, Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt against the top <laughs> seed in the whole thing. It's perfect. It's perfect. And I know there are a lot of people who are like, no, it's not perfect. I'm sorry, it is. It's the player of the year against the party crashers. This, is, this would be an outstanding final. And I don't know necessarily exactly what it would do rating, ratings-wise. I'm starting to feel like we're spending a little bit too much time talking about ratings, quite frankly, because ratings are clearly in a transitional phase when it comes to sports. Here's what I know based on my own heart and a straw poll of people I know. Loyola of Chicago against Villanova would be a really, really interesting watch. Yeah, that is the favorite matchup. I, I, I agree with you. I think everybody I've talked to in sports media, outside, just casual observers, fans of the sport for a long time agree that Loyola Chicago's story is too good and the matchup against a Villanova a name that you know, a coach uh, that you know uh, was launching a book after his latest championship run. Um, that's the matchup you want to see. So I'm I'm excited for the result of this game because, quite frankly, I think we're then spoiled if Loyola Chicago uh, uh, completes the promise to be in the dance, the big dance, the final showdown. Whichever other side of that bracket produces, I'm happy with the results because yep. I get the payoff from this great story where a nun sat, sat courtside and rose to relevance in a way that we've never seen a fringe character in college sports ever, ever have happened to them. This, this is something that I believe will also change the way college uh, basketball come tourna- tournament time is covered because there was less talk 
about the actual ins and outs and game plan and zone defenses and penetrating offenses, and we all got to watch and look at things we understand and like. And that, to me, it sells to a wider audience. It makes it more palatable to sports fans everywhere because college basketball, like it or not, has become a one-month sport. No doubt about it. And by the way, the other narrative buster that comes out of this uh, already, I mean, listen, Michigan could come back and win for sure, um, but I heard plenty of people say, oh, gosh, this was an accident. Loyola ended up winning a bracket that completely fell apart. Who did they beat to get here? My gosh, they beat Kansas State. And I'm like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. First of all, they're playing a six seed right out of the gate. They beat them. Then they already played another three seed. This is yet another three seed. Uh, was their lineup perfect? Maybe not, but neither was Michigan's. They ended up beating Florida State to get here. Who saw that yeah. coming? And Villanova uh, that was a nine seed also. Bradford, Alabama, West Virginia, five seed was the best they faced until Texas Tech in the uh, in the the round of eight. Like I mean, <laughs> by the way, by the way, Texas Tech. Like yeah, I know they're a good seed, but. <laughs> This Texas Tech, like, what yeah, are you then, talking about? So it's sort of like, like everybody's road to the tournament you could pick apart with exactly. a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, no, this is it's the it's the wrong argument. It's the wrong time. Just enjoy they, the ride. They are for real. You don't win four and now four and a half games in a row against high-level competition that's all playing well at the end of the year unless you are really, really good. That's right. So the idea, there is no fear in my heart that we're going to sit down Monday night if they win this game and watch somebody roll them by 30. Uh, and if it does happen, uh, then Villanova is just that that much better than everybody. There was a thing that came out last week, and you and I were talking about it, that blew me away. Villanova hasn't lost back-to-back games in five years. <laughs> it's almost like they're the, uh, they're the dynasty that nobody's talking about. I know they've only won one title, but it's college hoops where you got to go on this 6-0 and run at the end of the year. They have been the best program in college basketball for the last five years. So if Loyola Chicago gets to go up against them, sign me up. Okay, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, Rhett Lewis NFL Network is going to join us in a little bit less than 20 minutes. Coming up next, it's yet another story coming out from a name we've grown to love and it makes us cringe. We've got to talk this out coming up next. All righty, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, Rhett Lewis, NFL Network in a few. Boy, timing is quite a thing in life, isn't it? So this week, the NFL comes up with new rules. And you and I are among those kind of scratching our heads, not because the NFL came up with the rule, but trying to figure out how they're going to enforce it. So I don't know about this whole leading with the helmet thing, how you're going to enforce it, because your helmet is on your head. And so I'm pretty sure that everything you do on a football field, you're going to lead with your helmet. So I don't know how they're going to enforce it. I'm pretty sure the way it's going to end up looking is simply anytime any two heads come together and somebody looks like they took a really bad concussive blow, it's going to be a penalty. I think that's what's going to happen, and it's going to bother people. It's going to bother fans. It's going to bother defensive players, and people are going to complain about it, and they'll say it's the wussification of the game. And then 48 hours later, Mark Ripien, a quarterback. That's interesting to me. A quarterback. Not someone who we think of as getting hit on a play-by-play basis. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Got something caught in the throat there. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a bug. I, I I saw it. It landed. It was it was a clean hit. Direct shot. No, R- Mark. Ripien. I hate when you swallow a bug. But anyway, <laughs> Mark. So Mark Ripien comes out and he's talking of depression and yeah. anxiety. Yeah. And felonies and domestic violence and suicide attempts. And I'm like, okay, people. I know the game may not look like we all want it to look, but don't you understand? I mean, don't, don't, don't we understand? So the game may look different, and it may bother you for a while, but I'm pretty sure I'm okay with it because of stories like that. And I bet on some level uh, you relate to it on an even different level. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. You know, you know, all right. Well, actually, you know, I'm going to tell you a very uh, personal story right now just to give you just give you an idea of like a fleeting thought that goes through the mind of a former football player. Now, did I play a ton of years in the NFL? No, I played six. But did I take a ton of hits to the head? Well, yeah, I played center and guard. Did I play a lot of football outside of just the pros? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. played a year of middle school. I played four in high school. That's five. Five at the college level. That's 10. Six in the NFL. Okay, we're talking about nearly two decades, 16 years of football. That's a lot of head trauma. Yep. Um, recently, I've started to post more pictures of myself with my family, uh, interactions between me and my son. We have one on the way. Uh, I'm not sure a boy or girl will find out this weekend, actually. Um, part of the reason why I started doing that is because there's a, there's a part of me that wants available uh, to my kids in posterity should I not be the same guy at some point. Because CT is a real thing. It's happening to former players. Their personalities are changing. Um, The sport does damage to the brain. All of this is known now. When I started playing football, it wasn't. Terms like, you got your bell rung, or hang in there, the dizziness will wear off. Things like that were said by trainers. You know, It's, it's not like that anymore, and it's for the betterment of all the players, but the sport itself And the sooner the old guard passes through and there's more, you know, I I, I should say um, concerned athletes entering the NFL where where they've measured the risk of the the game and as opposed to have been, you know, ultimately lied to uh, for years, they're well aware of the risks and they've decided to play. And so the game will go on. But anytime there is an amendment to a rule to make the game safer for the long-standing health of players, even if it's a bad rule, even if it doesn't work, I don't care. Because if the end result is a guy is healthier after his career is over, that he's not forgetting his daughter's name at 35, that he's not falling into a depression, having suicidal thoughts, committing crimes, potentially double homicide as a current tight end. Aaron Hernandez had his brain cross-sectioned after death and found to be the youngest, worst CTE victim. I'm not saying that's what caused it. Maybe maybe he had his wires crossed from, from birth. I don't know. But all I do know is it is a problem. It's real. And... Uh, 
amendments to rules to make the game safer, I'm a firm proponent of. Well, yeah, I'm getting to the point where it's pretty frustrating when you hear people defend it on a level of, hey, there's a lot of concussions in soccer as well, and there's no proof of this, that, or the other. There are a lot of things in life where there's no necessary scientific number-by-number proof that we know and we just accept as fact because we can see it, okay? Uh, We can see it. How many NFL players – uh, in their 50s and 60s, are going through this right. at all positions. And I've also come to look at this a lot like smoking. For years, uh, people would go, hey, if I want to kill myself, that's my deal. Right. Except for we found out you're killing other people too. And isn't that really the message here? Listen to Mark Rippian talk. domestic violence and his wife is still with him and she loves him she understands this was an episode that he had that he almost can't even be held responsible for because he doesn't even remember it he remembers being agitated and then he went totally blacked out uh how about aaron hernandez what if it was football related he killed people right so if you're talking about something that's not just hey i know the risks i signed up yeah hey you know the risks you signed up it became a disease, and then you went out and hurt a bunch of other people. So it's gotten to the point now where for, for the NFL to turn their back on this, and I know that some people will say the NFL's being disingenuous. They're simply trying to cover their butts in a court of law. You know what? Maybe that was the case. Maybe <laughs> to a certain degree it still is, I'm sure. But this has also gotten to a PR point. I still remember. Do you remember the hit over the middle? Um, the Packers receiver. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, what's his name? Devontae Adams. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny yeah. Trevathan. Trevathan of the Bears. Was the linebacker for the Bears. Okay. I know that there's a large section of society that sees those hits, and they stand up and pump their fists and yell, yeah, at their television sure. set. I now know that I'm no longer one of those people. Used and to I be, know though, I bet. I definitely was. And then I sat down and watched games with my son, and life changes. And I'm fully aware that there are a lot of people who hear me say this stuff and go, oh, Mark, you're soft, and you're a wuss, and you're a wimp. Guess how much I care about that. All I can tell you is my physical reaction when I see hits like that now is literally to almost feel ill. I don't enjoy watching it. There's nothing fun about it. And it's now going to be a flag in the NFL. And I don't care if it's fair. I'm totally okay with it. You know, and it's funny that you compared the NFL uh, or or this this dealing with this from a PR standpoint to smoking. Because Philip Morris, a huge tobacco industry, uh, the thought process about smoking is correct. Yeah, I'll kill myself. Don't worry about me. I smoke because I want to. I know the risks. You know, okay, yeah, you do. But smoke, smoke is the problem. That's the problem. That's the thing everybody's hung up on. The fact that it lingers, it stinks, it can affect children's health. You don't want to smoke around a baby because even the third hand smoke off of the clothing into the lungs of the child because their faces rest so closely to the shoulder and the collar could be dangerous. So smoke was the problem. How do they adjust that? Hmm. Well, let's get at a table. Let's think about this issue. Oh, I know. Vapor. Oh, 
Oh, vapor. Everybody, vapor, vape. We'll call it something cool. Vape. The kids will get into it. Don't worry about vaping. Vapor, guys. It's steam. It's air. It's nothing. It's wispy. It smells like cotton candy. Sometimes cherry. Don't worry about vapor. That's exactly the same situation with the word concussion. The same way the tobacco industry had a problem with the word smoke, the NFL has a problem with the word concussion. So don't think for a second they're really all that brokenhearted over guys being injured and hurt and maimed. It's a violent sport. They'll continue to get injured and hurt and maimed, and they'll live with a lot of these injuries the rest of their lives. This was a PR move. Ryan Shazier was damn near paralyzed for life on the field in front of millions of viewers. It was a record-scratching problem for the NFL. When they got together as an ownership group, 32 strong, and put their collective heads together, they said, we have a major problem here. If this happens again, and we didn't get ahead of this the first time it happened, we are going to tank on our viewership numbers. So what's the demonized words? Concussions. How do we reduce that? We start talking about looking ahead. If the kickoff play doesn't get safer, we're going to probably rule it out. We're going to make a rule right now about head-to-head collisions and lowering your head when you tackle or you're a ball carrier. Trust me when I tell you this was a PR move. Of course it was, and I'm totally okay with it. It just has to be. It has to be this way now. Um, and I fully understand uh, why people at first won't like it. Um, and 20 years from now, uh, I don't even think we will remember anymore what football used to look like. Yeah. And and uh, we will also look back 20 years from now at film and people will say, can you believe yeah. that they used to let players do that? Mark, even the right decision for the wrong reasons are still good decisions. It is a right decision. That's very well said. By the way, Ryan Shazier's hit now would be a flag. There you go. On him. Yeah. On him. No, I know. But uh, yep, yep. Yeah. It, it was the right, right. And during this day's rule, he can no longer lower his head to present the crown to hit a target. It would be fouled now. Yeah, appreciate you speaking out on that, as always. Uh, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, Rhett Lewis, NFL Network in a minute. Ilo right now with the latest and is getting good in San Antonio, my friends. It is at the Final Four, Mark and Rich. 15-56 remaining in the second half of the first national semifinal and Loyola of Chicago leading Michigan 36 36- to 29. This after the Ramblers started the game 2 for 12 from the field and fell behind 12 to 4. Now for the game, the Ramblers shooting is up to 45% from the field, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. Michigan just 32% from the field, 3 for 17 from three-point range and just 2 out of 5 from the free throw line. All the signs favoring the Ramblers right now, led by Cameron Crutwig's 11 points. Again, Loyola of Chicago leads Michigan 36-29. Loyola of Chicago has the ball, 15-50 and counting for the second half. Coming up next at 849 Eastern, Kansas faces Villanova. Baseball, Blue Jays over the Yankees 5-3 despite two Tyler Austin home runs. NBA Wizards guard John Wall returned to the lineup after missing two months due to knee surgery. Had 15 points and 14 assists in 33 minutes today in a 14-point victory over the Hornets as the Wizards clinched a playoff berth. And Michigan has just scored a field goal to make it a five-point game. Loyola of Chicago 36 and the 
Wolverines 31, 15, 19, and counting for the second half in the first national semifinal at the Final Four. Mark and Rich. All righty, good stuff, Ilo. Appreciate that. We are live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. He's at NFL Network, and he's our friend, Rhett Lewis, now joins us live. And, Rhett, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to name his name, uh, but I was recently okay. speaking to a former Charger. And, by the way, it's not Rich. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, good. Right. Yeah, I was there we go. recently <laughs> speaking to a former Charger, and I said, hey, man, hit me straight with it. How are they going to sell PSLs at that new building in that city? And he paused, and he's like, I don't know. I, 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 I really, I don't know. And then, and then these OBJ rumors came up with the Rams, and, and we're like, oh, oh, I, I get how the Rams are going to sell the PSLs. Uh, to yeah. me, that, that's what this offseason's been about for the Rams, don't you think? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it's building, you know, if you want to call it, if you want to still call it the fight for L.A., whatever, but it, it, for the Rams, this certainly feels like let's load up let's gear up for the next two years while we don't have to pay Jared Goff because once we have to pay Jared Goff 27 million dollars a year whatever the going rate's going to be at that point then you know it's going to be impossible to have Todd Gurley to have Aaron Donald to have Marcus Peters and all of these guys on 15 plus million dollar contracts and then pay the quarterback you just can't do it so now's the time, and that certainly seems like what the what the Rams are doing, especially if they go make a move uh, with with Odell Beckham. Which I, I don't know, man. I don't know that they have <laughs> as much to as I don't know that they have as much to offer the Giants as say the Cleveland Browns do. Um, but that's just that's just me thinking purely along the lines of the, that trade and, and draft compensation, but. Boy, would that be something. That'd be some star power out here, man. The Rams two years ago looked like a mess. I mean, it was a desperate mess. Sean McVay comes in. Things get flipped on their ear. Les Need looks like a genius all of a sudden. They're winning the fight for L.A. I mean, are they a Super Bowl contender at the end of this? No off- question. Oh, wow. Yeah. No question. I mean, No I, question to me. It, it, mind. I mean, Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, it's if if all if all areas point north, I mean, you got to figure heading that direction, right? Um, east to Atlanta, but yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I see where you're going yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, I 100, and the problem with the Rams you know, and, and whatever argument you're going to make for them being Super Bowl contenders, which, again, I believe they are, is the NFC is just a gauntlet right now. I mean, you know, I mean, let's just, you know, you go through it, you got the Saints, you got the Falcons, you got the Eagles, you got the Vikings, and then out west, you've got the Rams. And I don't think, I mean, the 49ers are going to be no pushover this year. Um, you know, depending on, on whether Sam Bradford can harness that week one that he had for the Vikings, you know, a year ago, uh, for the Cardinals this year, I mean, that could be a dangerous team again. There are six, at least five top notch football teams right now in the NFC. I don't know that the same can be said in the AFC. So that's where, to me, the trouble lies for the Rams. 
Rhett Lewis, NFL Network, joining us. Rhett, we're looking at all these new rules enacted this week by the NFL, and and I think yeah. we, we certainly all understand the idea of not leading with the helmet, but we're all trying to figure out how are you going to enforce that? Like, what do you think it's going to look like? You know, that's a great question, Mark. Um, I uh, I wish I had a great answer. Um, <laughs> I haven't um, – you, you know what I look forward to is we – over at the network, we have a little uh, a little get together uh, with all of our our colleagues and and uh, employees at the end of the summer uh, before training camp, and um, you know we'll get Al Riveron in to give us a uh, a showcase of what the new rules should look like, uh, and I look forward to that because I I really want to see you know what they what they've been telling the clubs because you know as Roger um, said after the owners meeting. We're going, to, we're going to go to every every city, and we're going to, go to every club, and we're going to tell them this is how this is going to happen. Um, so I, I want to see what the reaction is there. But I mean, this is something that, no matter how it was going to be enforced, it was inevitable that it was coming. Um, you know, so that's that that's the flip side of it. Um, I, I think you know you could probably make a case that there's something along these lines that could be called every other play, if not every play. Um, uh-huh. But that's what we're trying to get away from, you know. We're, you know, and now these coaches have to coach the game uh, this way. They have to coach these players this way. And you know, Rich, you know it better than most. Um, you know, Belichick what stop uh, told his players to stop diving at the pylon. Yep. In in fear of of losing the ball and going out of bounds and going and touch back the other way. Yep. I mean, coaches have to start coaching it this way. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, look, doing business the way business is being done is something that I actually learned in New England, and it's absolutely <laughs> true. I, I mean, when when the yeah. rules are such that they limit you in some ways, well, you either, you either ride with it or you will get burned by it. So, yeah, to Bel- Belichick's defense in point, that's, that's the deal. You know, the NFL is right. changing, and, and much to that point, a guy who doesn't seem to be all that adherent to the changing culture in the NFL is John Gruden, and he's the head coach of the Raiders now. He made those comments at the Combine Presser, I'm going to bring this back to 1998, and I think that has kind of spun wildly out of control for him. He's even made comments about the fact that everybody's picking him apart for it. But as far as, like, even the release of Marquette King, you know, the dancing social media phenom at punter, it does sort of seem like he's rewinding the clock what what is your takeaway here in free agency and what you've seen so far? Where are the Raiders going to be a year after kind of a disastrous season? Well, I mean, it sounds like they're going to be back at like 1908 uh, <laughs> if they're going to play without a punter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I that was one that kind of surprised me a little bit. I mean, there's so much value in having a guy that can – do what Marquette does. And I mean, there's really, to me, only, you know, five guys maybe um, that are that good as, as punters to where you can consider them a weapon. Um, and I, I know that's not the, the genesis of this whole conversation, but that's certainly a, a part of it that makes you go, hmm. Um, I, think, I think the money talks a little bit there. Um, and I think the, you know, I wonder if, they, uh, part of me wonders if, if, you know, John wants to be the guy with swagger yeah. at, on that team. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to be out swaggered. Uh, and, and Marquette can out swagger anybody, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, this is, you know, there's a part of me that wonders that. Um, 
but he, you know, there's he can't be that egotistical to where you know it it it's detrimental to the team. Um, so you know, I think there's a there's a money part of that. You know, maybe he was getting paid a little more than they they were willing to uh, shell out for that position. But it does beg the question, like you know, what's this team really going to look like? And um, you know, I thought that the trading the Michael Crabtree out, Jordy Nelson in, um, is a huge win uh, for the Raiders. I you know, I, I think he's you know one of the best wideouts when healthy in this league. Um, and then to me, though, a lot of their success depends on obviously getting Derek Carr back, but Amari Cooper too. Like, where's he been um, mm. for almost? two years now, you know, like, let's get that guy catching the ball again. You know, yep. let's, let's get him racking up 200 yard games again. Cause he certainly got the talent to do it. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I, I think there's, there's a, there's a really big unknown for me with, with how this, this Raiders team is going to look. I feel like the last two years, three years, it, it, it's been like, Oh man, this is a team that's ready. This is a team that's right there. And while they still might be, I'm just I don't know what it's going to look like. I really don't. Yeah, they've been head scratching in a couple of spots, and so until we see them, that'll continue. Rhett Lewis, great stuff. Thank you for doing it on a holiday weekend. We appreciate it. Oh, my my pleasure. You guys are big time now over there on the national <laughs> oh, stage. You know, wow. I just I just I appreciate you having me on. Wow. Listen, we're not moving into offices in Cronky Land like someone we know. <laughs> yeah, we always got time yeah, for see friends. In, yeah. See you in three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's You're right. darn right you will. All right, yeah. Rhett, thanks, man. All right, there he goes. Rhett Lewis, NFL Network, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, the guys will tell us what they learned from listening to our show today, and there's an awkward moment that's going to take place in Los Angeles tonight. We'll tell you about it next. All right, Fox Sports Radio, Mark and Rich. Wrapping up on a Saturday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, Loyola by five, eight and a half or so and counting uh, in the second half of this game in San Antonio. It's really good. Oh, it's really good. Um, hell of a game. Okay, so uh, this is going to be strange. Yeah. Think about this. I wonder how the crowd's going to react to this. This is really <laughs> weird. So the Dodgers, who haven't scored a run yet, have a baseball game. It's going to get started in about an hour and 20 minutes or so. And uh, the Dodgers are going to receive at this game their National League championship ranks. Hmm. All right, so they're a little treat for the fans, right? I know they fell a little bit short, but uh, celebrate uh, what was a great season last year for the uh, for the Dodgers. But the fans come in with a little bit of frustration, uh, having uh, lost their first two games of the season, and they haven't scored a run yet. And their spring training ended up with poop all over the field. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 how their first week has gone. So there's that, and then add in this: one of the players who's in the building to get his National League championship ring tonight is Tony Watson. He now plays for the Giants. Right. Never heard of him. So how does this go? Like, he comes out on the field and they announce his name and give him a ring <laughs> in a Giants uniform? Yeah, well, Something tells me this is not going to go well for him. 
it's it's odd when a season stumbles out the gates how sometimes it really can carry all the way through, especially considering this was one of those teams that was feared that dominated the middle to end of last year's regular season. They were on pace to break records, and then they hit a pretty historic cold streak, um, and that's how they sort of limped into the playoffs, but then obviously made their way to the World Series, and we saw what happened against Houston fireworks that was an incredible series uh it paid off completely Houston got what they deserved and the Dodgers really contended but for a lot of fans who've been waiting a long long time for the Dodgers uh who spend a ton of money and always have a chance but always play bridesmaid and not the bride that was a disappointment um that was felt around LA and, and the county that extends beyond so look here's the thing about the Dodgers in this season they are potentially victims of the the series slump and so far over the past two days you really couldn't have had a worse start and then on top of it you're presenting a ring to a member of the opposing team who has shellacked you for two days oh by the way he's pitched the eighth inning in both games and gone one two three yeah he's got he's got holds in both of the game yeah Yeah. so yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) not a great way to start yeah Yeah. okay all right let's get uh producer gavin in here the whole gang please gentlemen uh, four hours of brilliance from Mark well, and Rich. Please explain to us, uh, what have you learned today? Well, the number one thing I learned was that Rich would rather get in a car accident than deal with the wrath of Bill Belichick. Yeah. About that? <laughs> That's true. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a fantastic story, by the way, uh, which I feel like should have come out by now. Like I, I feel like the Boston media, once they get a hold of this, I think within the next two weeks you're going to be doing some live shots in Boston, <laughs> and yeah, this is this is going to become a thing now. I I should probably uh, write that one out at some point I, in long form, story form, and just really fill everybody in. Uh, unfortunately, it's a little too late to dump that. Okay, um, I did have my suspicions for a while, but Mark Willard confirmed it today. He is a shill for the Warriors. <laughs> oh, what are we talking the about? The Kansas I... Kevin Durant oh, come is on. my favorite player. It's Warrior Willard. Yes, that's right. And Kevin Durant will remain in all basketball games for the rest of the year. And anybody who throws him out or messes with him, you're going to have to deal with me. I don't that's know. right. I don't know who's more sensitive, <laughs> Kevin Durant fighting with these refs or you when he gets ejected. Either way, it's, something's it's, changed. It, it, Something's it's really changed. close. It's a really tight race. Yeah, <laughs> and it finally, is. guys, every t- you know, uh, every now and then, a squirrel does find his nut, right? And okay. the, uh, you guys predicted early on that the Loyola Chicago Michigan game would be close. You said this. You definitely predicted it. And right now, Loyola is up by three with seven minutes left. Got to listen. Hit a I am not the kind to toot my own horn. I think everybody knows that. Uh, but Rich, <laughs> right, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on this week, uh, but I, I've had three predictions. One, Loyola Chicago would either win. This was going to be a really tight game. Two, on our San Diego show yesterday, I was like, Austin Hedges is going to homer for the Padres tonight. He did. Well, well yeah. And, and, yeah. and I said it was a sign when that septic tank broke at Dodger Stadium. I'm like, the Dodgers are going to get off to a crappy start. 
Uh, and, and and so I don't know what's going on. I see what you're uh, doing. Yeah, thank you. I I'm just I'm on a, I'm on a little bit of a roll. That's all. No, no, I'm you, sure it won't last. You absolutely are. This has been a blast as always. Thank you, fellas, for everything you've learned. <laughs> I'll tell you, I I don't know what to say, but premonitions probably. You're a genius. Yeah, I hope your drive home is shorter than your drive here. Oh. That's what I'm hoping for you, uh, Mark and Rich. Talk to you next Saturday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.